This is baby boy Brian Babylon, and I never listen to none taken. Can I ask you a question about, like, timelines and generations that's really been fucking with me? Sure. So, like, I know you're, like, on the cusp of Gen X, almost millennial. I'm older millennial. I'm a daywalker. Yeah. Yeah. And there's... But then it was, like, after millennials, it was Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about them for, like five minutes and then out of nowhere they're like alpha gen alpha that's the new one that we're talking about like they can't be like generations exist across a timeline like they can't just be like changing it like fashion but it's acting like that right it kind of is yeah so i guess we've had like we've had like five minutes talking about gen z and they're like no 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 it's getting lame we got to get a new one they've got slang learn all the skibbity toilet slang for gen alpha (laughs) You gotta have the Riz, man. Yeah, yeah it's like we went from uh, we, we ran out of letters, so we had to go from also Gen. To but Riz just means game. You're saying the same thing; it's just a new word for it. Like it's fine. I'm fine with it. But like at least whatever the skibbity bullshit is is a new thing. Like, right? <laughs> this bothers me. I don't understand I, how the timeline keeps moving so quickly. I, I exaggerated. I said I feel like Gen Z came up during COVID, right? Definitely. That was three years ago. Well, even pre-COVID, though. Was it? Because there was this whole knock on Gen Z about how... What, was it? You know, was it? I think so. I thought millennials were doing the OK Boomer thing. I didn't know oh, that was Gen Z. Tr- <laughs> I thought that was the young millennials they were still making fun of then. The young millennials. Sounds like a great soap opera. It does, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess you agree with me so we can move on. Uh, why don't I play this sound to open up the show, huh? Let's do it. All right. 320 million people, you'd think that it wouldn't be that hard to find at least one person to fall in love with, right? Well, not really. There may be lots of people in the U.S., but many of them don't fit the personal criteria that we look for in a mate. For example, let's say that you're only interested in women. That immediately cuts the number of potential mates in the U.S. in half, from 320 million down to 160 million. Now let's also assume that you're only interested in women that have a sense of humor. The number then drops from 160 million all the way down to zero. Don't let me in this damn house. <laughs> record. Yeah, one, two. <laughs> All right, you ready? I have you, Tosh. <laughs> Are you recording? Yeah. yeah. Oh, not recording. Yes. Gotta record the fucking video. <laughs> right, you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. No offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. Boom. The internet's only debate and current events show with your hosts Dustin and Allen, two political nomads from two different worlds. Shout out to Reverend Peyton's big damn band for the use of their song Ways and Means for our intro music. Thank you for joining us. The time of this recording it is uh, Tuesday, December 12, 2023. It's a great day for America. <laughs> we are two coastal elites. Coming to you from the shores of the mighty Cumberland in Madison, Tennessee. 
all the way to the, what are they, the Pacific waters of El Cerrito, California. Here to recap another week of current events and sharing quite a bit of our tragic personal lives. Alan, oof. Please subscribe right now wherever you listen to this. Don't forget our Patreon. Get to our Patreon. Join that at uh, trumpgags.com. You can shop some of our new merch at fungiblenuntakens.com. And uh, best thing you can do besides that is just word of mouth, man. It's a podcast. You know how this works. People listen to you when you say you like something. Plus, it's going to be something you laugh about with your friends and chat about together. That's what me and Alan do with the shows we listen to. I'm sure you do the same thing already. But to the people that haven't yet, tell your buddies about us. And to support the people that support us, head on over to slickitsdigital.com, slickitsdigital.com for all your SEO and marketing needs. It's one of my better intros, considering I've got tourists walking by nonstop. Not to give away our location, but... Oh, that guy just picked yeah, up a... Yeah, was pretty good, man. That's somebody just good. picked up a sidewalk barrier and took it with him. Man, downtown oh. is wild. You can, you know, a souvenir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you, buddy? I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. What yeah. is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Dustin broadcasting from a VR... Yes. Undisclosed here. location. Un- from an undisclosed location, yes. He is uh, on assignment. Um, I had an interesting week. <laughs> <laughs> I know you had interesting. No, as man. Well. Yeah, I want to hear about this because I didn't ask in the group chat with you and Tim. All right, so a couple things happened. So couple. the first thing I'll talk about: there was a a standoff between. Oh my goodness! And an armed suspect, like he, the guy's a cop, right? Former cop, former marine, mm. um, and he shot his wife through a door with a shotgun. Uh, she didn't sustain very serious injuries she's okay so it was like bird or buckshot it wasn't a slug yes okay yes yes um and that's what started the whole incident apparently he has some mental issues so this is directly like across the street from where i work like right like you could see it from your work yeah yeah so i get to work and there's just police tape and there's cars and i had to figure out how to get in the parking lot um they had a whole swat team there with all their you know assault rifles etc um and then they just left they, <laughs> he wouldn't come out uh he was like posting stuff on twitter um and so they were just trying to sort of keep it low-key they just left uh, yeah they left is it too early for me to ask a question no go ahead do you think they would have done that to like the average person or is this the way they treat their buddies that was actually my thought as well um like if that was you or me they're busting down the door. God, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming his race based off of the that neighborhood seems like a bunch of uptight white people over there. Um, but I'm guessing he's either. not white. Could you imagine? Would they have the same? We'll just come back later. You could straighten this out. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild. So um, I guess they, they kept a little bit of a police presence, but like the SWAT team left and most of the left. Has it been resolved? Yes, it was resolved on Saturday afternoon. Whoa. Um, but, but Saturday morning, like... I had people that work for me, like trying to figure out how to get to work. And they're like calling me like, I don't know how to get to you because mm. the cops had blocked off all the exits to the freeway, the whole, cause I'm, I'm right off an exit. Anyways, it was a whole thing. Uh, so that happened. Are you in the same and parking then, lot as that Staples we worked in? No, 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 that's not no, across no. the street. Yeah, no, no. Um, and also in that parking lot, somebody bashed out my rear window, Fuck. um, in my car. <laughs> so that and what was did, fun. They didn't take anything. They didn't take anything. I don't know if it was for fun or they did it and then there wasn't anything they wanted. Was there there security cameras in the parking lot? No. Fuck. No. All I had in there was like my North Face jacket. Which is expensive, but I guess everybody in the Bay Area has that or a Patagonia. Sure. And like, so I don't know, maybe they got spooked or whatever, but we don't say that word. see what's what's in my car because the windows are tinted back there. 
Um, so I don't think they saw it and were like, oh, I want that. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It literally happened within 10 minutes. I went to. Oh, no way. Know, yeah. In broad daylight. It was like four o'clock and three o'clock in the afternoon. Did um, your alarm go off? No. Yeah. Also in a crowded area. Yeah. There's cars and people all over the place. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It sucks. You'd like to think it was but some kind of accident, right? I, I yeah. No, it's hard to imagine, right? This was definitely intentional. Um, mm. So I don't know, man. It's happening all over the Bay Area. In fact, do you I still have, have your a... I support Israel sticker on your bumper? <laughs> I have no stickers. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I've um, got a bumper sticker idea. Okay. Keep honking. I'm listening to None Taken. I like it. I do I too. Like it. Okay, sorry. So there's so many window break-ins of automobiles in the Bay Area yeah. that there's like a shortage of glass. Yeah, but they can see. Plus, what? Plus, yeah. Plus, my car is like newer, and so they have to like special order it. So I don't mm. even have an ECA. Alan's got a to... fancy car. It's got its own <laughs> it's special glass. Fancy. They got to order from Japan. Honda. It's a fucking Honda. It's wow. not that big of a deal. Wow. Anyways, um, but yeah, so I don't even have an ETA when they can. Fuck, dude. So you got like what, tape on there? I mean. Uh, yeah, I went to Home Depot, bought a tarp and cut it out. And you're one of those there. people now. I'm one of those people now. Remember when we met and I had the bumper tied on with speaker I wire? <laughs> Just <laughs> like remember. me, Alan. <laughs> I remember you got in like a little fender bender yeah, in the parking lot bender, and yeah. you both got out of the cars and were like, eh. It's fine. It's fine. Who the fuck cares about either of these pieces of shit? Shake hands, keep it moving. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about that, man. What else you got? Uh, I went to a work dinner party for Christmas uh, yesterday, actually. It was all right. I don't know. Work dinner parties are always kind of. It's this toe the line of drinking socially, but not too much. Dude, I didn't even have a drink. Good for you. I'll just stick with iced tea. Very good for you. Yeah, I did so. Anyways, that's about it, man. How about you? I know you've had a hell of a week as well. Well, Tosh had a show Saturday night. Uh, we stayed home Friday and watched a movie. We'll talk about it on the Friday show. Uh, but yeah. Tosh had a show Saturday. Actually, early afternoon. It was like 4 o'clock. So what? Late afternoon. Whatever. I don't know what the time becomes evening. Early evening? Late afternoon? Let's it's probably dark early now. Keep talking, right? Yeah. Uh, so she had a show that went... No, it went from 2 to 4. It was early afternoon. Um <laughs> So it was it was an early show as burlesque shows go, um, and it was at our friend's place. They have a vintage store, uh, but they also it's the same place where they uh, where uh, Jack's wife Olivia played, and we met Jack. Uh, you oh, know my right, right. my close friend Jack Jack White. Um, <laughs> so we we went there. She did her show. It was over at four o'clock. It was a great show. It was a fun show. They had like a little tea party. Everybody had like tea service at each table. Um, it was a little awkward when people were like taking their clothes off and throwing them, but. Uh, it was it was a good show. Natasha had a great show, um, nice. and oh, and it was to a live band too. So it was really cool. It was an act. Oh. She she like made the act two acts and within the, like the week, and pulled it off with a live band. It was really cool. Very impressive. Wow. That's impressive. Um, so then we're getting out of there, and we're kind of like you know we're one of the last people. We actually were the last people to leave. I wanted to buy a shirt. They had a, another Hans Condor shirt that I wanted to get, and I was waiting to check out. And I'm literally at the counter to check out, and everybody's phone goes off. And, you know, you're, you're, you're not like, you don't downplay tornado warnings, but you know, when you get them enough, you're like, okay, let's, right. let's, you know, take a deep breath and uh, respond appropriately, figure out what this, what the threat is, what you should do. Don't panic. Um, sure. and I was probably a little more nonchalant than I should have. Like I stepped outside to kind of see the weather locally and see how quick the clouds were moving. Not to just be like, there it is. Um, which a lot of people do. Um, 
And so I head back in, and by the time I head back in, uh, the owner and his wife, they're, they're going to pick up their baby, and they're going down. They have actually, they have a cellar there. So we went down into the cellar, all four, well, four and a half of us, whatever fraction you count a baby as. And we ride it out down there for about a half an hour, and then the, um, the alert lifts. And we're watching this, um, there's not storm chasers, I don't, storm watcher guys that have a Twitter channel locally. And they, you know, they have some really advanced um, equipment that they're reading off of, and they're tapped into all like the radar feeds and stuff, and they know how to analyze it. And they're kind of like calling out everything sort of before it's happening. And it starts to, so we're in a town, the show was in a town called Donaldson, which in Nashville is sort of by the airport. It's down south from where we live by like, as a crow flies, like six or eight miles. Um, Okay. And typically the the path of tornadoes in Nashville kind of goes through East Nashville and then either out to like Mount Juliet or goes out towards Donaldson. Um, that's sort of like the flat straight line that the, that the tornadoes historically take. If you look at a map of tornado strikes, they're all like in Donaldson. Um, okay. And so we're like, shit, you know, that's where you are. Yeah. And then, but we make it through that with no, you know, there was, a, there was a moment where there was like really loud wind and rain hitting the door because uh, it wasn't like truly underground cellar. It was go down some stairs and then you're under the house. Um, but nothing alarming. And we see that it clears. So we're like, okay, well, we're going to get going. We're going to go to our place. And we're keeping an eye on that storm, on that on that, that channel I was talking about. And it begins to dawn on us that the trajectory of this storm is going northeast. And the exact trajectory goes straight. We live in Madison, Madison, Tennessee, the shores of the mighty Cumberland. Um, and it was going through East Nashville, right down Gallatin Road, across Briley Parkway, and then into right Madison. Near your house. You get right into our yeah. And you know the dogs are inside. We're like you know right. the, the the doggy doors open. I don't know if there's any damage done. If they'll try to run away, things like that. You know, sure. Crossing our mind. Um, as we get closer and closer, the storm's getting worse and worse. But we we can tell we're on we're behind it. Um, mostly from what they're saying, like from what they're saying, you know, the storm's happening just slightly more north from us and ahead of northeast from us. Uh, we make it home. Everything's fine at home. The dogs are fine. Everything's fine. We have power even. Um, but if you were to look at a map where so the tornado hit in Madison, which is where we live, then it went on to Henderson and did a lot of damage there. Separately, this storm had other tornadoes up in Clarksville, which is about 45 minutes north, did a lot of damage on base there. Um, we got, we got super lucky. Um, I, you know, I've looked at the historical t- tornado strikes in our area before we bought our house and could tell that like there, there really haven't been any in our area. The to- the local topography is uneven and we are in between, um, the river makes a big U-turn where we're at and we're inside that peninsula. So it, it, there's the drop of topography where it goes down to river level and back up. Um, where there's these little valley, you know, it's a valley. So with it kind of steeples. puddles the tornadoes out. It does. I mean, it's not ideal for a tornado. I say all that, though, and, like, that doesn't give me any peace of mind. You know, it right. just tells me that it hasn't happened and it shouldn't happen. But, you know, Tornado Alley has diminished in the last decade, couple decades, and what they're called Dixie Alley has started to see more uh, of what you would see in Kansas and Oklahoma more frequently. So this is the new normal. We're expecting to have a wet but warmer winter than usual, which 
So you looked at it's our weather. No, it's not good. Right. So what was happening was it was 30 degrees the day before, then it was 60 degrees on Saturday, and then it dropped back down to 30 degrees on Monday. So, like, you know, I'm not a meteorologist, but you can kind of know some shorthand that that's the weather that that doesn't mean there will be a tornado, but there won't be a tornado. There's less likely to be a tornado without swings like that. Right. 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 The air mixing temperature and everything. changes, extreme temperature changes that typically cause that sort of yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, I don't want to go too far without shouting out the people that I'd love to see get support from this. Um, the, one thing you should not do is donate to like the middle Tennessee relief fund. I think is what it's called. Look it up. If you Google tornadoes, Tennessee relief, there's this like massive fund that the state, um, trusted to run things and they flat out won't open their books to reporters. So I don't, don't want anyone. Yeah. So because of that, and with a dearth of other options, I partnered with the red cross for our, uh, donations drive and nobody saw it. Um, it's not your fault. Instagram won't show it to you. It, it, like I, it, our posts that don't do well in terms of likes, I can go look at the views. They still have normal amounts of views. We're just not being funny enough for people to like it. I can take that. <laughs> the, this yeah. was not getting, this had single digit views the next day, single digit oh, wow. views. Like I don't understand why Netflix. I'll go with prayer. I don't know why it would do that for a fucking donation drive. Like, yeah, that's weird. Anyways, so the Red the Red Cross I don't is think I even saw it. the Red Cross is flawed, of course, but it's um they they have a Nashville branch. They have a branch that will get allocated resources in emergencies like this. There's also a local place that I found out yesterday called Hands On Nashville. If you've got some extra money to burn, uh, we would recommend you do that with it. Um, the people, it's a horrible time of year for a tragedy like this. It's never a good time. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like I said, it got back to being fucking cold and there's a lot of people without houses right now. Yeah. Yeah. They help. Uh, our power went out can. for like 20 minutes. So me and Natasha were like, we'll wrap presents cause you can't see me. And then the power came on. I was like, don't look at me. I'm, uh, I'm masturbating. I don't want you to look over here. Because it's normally the opposite. If you get caught masturbating, you go, I'm wrapping presents. Don't come in here. Right? You don't remember that old trick with your parents? No? <laughs> it's no, like, I don't, don't, don't look at me. I'm wrapping presents. I mean, I'm masturbating. Yeah. Anyways. How uh, dark was it? I, I had to use so a flashlight. Masturbate with <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, just using my mind, Alan. No, no screen light or anything. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, oh, this is just a note that I don't want too long to go without me remembering this, keeping it back to sort of uh, the primary objective of be funny while we tell the news and stuff. Uh, when I, I didn't mention this last week, but I meant to. When we went to that like Christmas fest last where they had a, um, a Krampus parade and everything, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this there was like a kid, a mom was lifting a stroller up over like a barricade. And it wasn't a huge barricade. It was like a foot off the ground. So she was lifting the stroll from the back and her mom and, and like her sister was lifting it from the front. And I'm standing to the side of them as they go over. And I've got a drink in each hand because Natasha was inside shopping. They just said no drinks inside. And I watch as they pick it that it's uneven. I'm like, hey, that's uneven. And they didn't hear me because I probably mumbled it. And then the kid starts to tip and I've looked at both my drinks and I just let the kid <laughs> You had to make a choice. This I, is a I put my, you know, like when you drop your phone and you put your 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 leg out, like it's going to save yeah. it. I did one yeah. of those, and it kind of helped. The kid like slid down my leg. <laughs> then I just moved it off. The kid was black, and I'm white, and I was like, I don't need this to become some you don't help black kids thing. Like I just need to keep it moving. Like this isn't okay. I I, I had enough self awareness. Natasha was like, I'm done shopping. I'm like, That's great. Let's go over here now. <laughs> Nobody cared. The kid was fine. He wasn't even crying. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move into our uh, comedy clip segment of the show. Uh, speaking of kids, 
Uh, Thrash sent this in as is custom. We start off with young Thrash lad. Um, this my note said something about kids deserve it. I don't know what this even was. So immigrants from India, as you can imagine, stand-up comedian was not their ideal job for me when they left everything behind. They did not come to this country praying, please, God, give us an over-educated clown. <laughs> this wasn't the hope. And I get it, right? They took big risks coming to this country. They don't want their kids taking risks. But here's the thing. What kind of risk am I really taking? As immigrants, they took the risk. If they failed in this country, they would have went back with nothing. That is a tangible risk. As a stand-up comic, what risk am I taking? If I fail at stand-up comedy, I simply land on the safety net that was created by my hard-working immigrant parents. Yes. And is that not the American dream? <laughs> to be successful enough where your piece of shit kid survives, even if they don't deserve to. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah. I can't tell if there's more. Hold on. Some of you like that joke. Some of you too close to home. <laughs> uh, too close to home. Like they live at home still. What's his name? Uh, thanks, Alan. Uh, I was about to delete it. Uh, you're a dick. Hari Something fucking Indian. Hari Kondabolu. Naga, no. Naga, not gonna work right. here no more. That's what it is. Remember that from <laughs> Office Space. <laughs> All right, uh, one more from uh, Thrash. This is about Golden Corral, uh, and uh, you might recognize this gentleman. It's Ron White. Golden Corral. What kind of balls does it take to put the word Corral <laughs> on the name of your fucking restaurant? <laughs> Where do they know that demographic? <laughs> Come on down to the Golden Corral. <laughs> Welcome to our giant all-you-can-eat food trough. <laughs> we have a chocolate waterfall and a cotton candy machine. <laughs> I can't wait till they go hog wild and just put a sugar lick right there in the middle of the fucking room. You know, huh? well, that's delicious. That little spot tastes like Skittles. <laughs> Get too fat at the Golden Corral? Go to the dress barn. That's insensitive right there. Get a dress the side of a fucking barn and come on back to the Golden Corral. <laughs> Please be over. This has to be it. More? They call it Golden Corral, of course, because somebody wow. was already using the name Ye Old Fat Fuckery. Okay, that was worth it. Good job, enough. Ron. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fine. Uh, yeah, I, dude, I've always thought that with uh, with Dress Barn. And I, I, you know what crosses my mind every time I see a Dress Barn? What's that? I wonder if they sell moo-moos. <laughs> like, how, it's women. Like, how are you letting this stand? Like, It is an odd name. Yeah. Defend yourself. Uh, I got a couple from Slickets. Community sugar lick is just gross. <laughs> yeah, definitely, this one tastes like Skittles. <laughs> um, this is who's this? Casey Shomima. S H O M I M A. So this is Slicket sent this one in. I do think things are getting too progressive. I got in trouble the other day for using the word homeless. This guy was like, "You can't say that. You have this. to say people without housing." And I was like, "Dude." I don't think their problem mm. is marketing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I called him a house retard. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> is there a way? Got away with it in Williamsburg, baby. All right. 
No, I love homeless people. I love homeless people. I think homeless people can get away with things that a guy with a mortgage could never fucking pull off. <laughs> like, I was outside this bar one time. I had a cigarette. I didn't have a lighter. And this homeless guy came up to me, and he said, a pretty girl never has to light her own cigarette. And he lit my cigarette, and he lit my friend's cigarette, and he didn't light my other friend's cigarette and just left. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> it was so good. She quit smoking. <laughs> uh, that's fucking great. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, thanks, Slickets. And uh, we got a Hanukkah clip because uh, today's the fifth night when you're hearing this. I guess it's going to be the sixth day of Hanukkah. It doesn't matter. It's not an important holiday in our faith. We just needed something to compete with Christmas mm. in that time slot. Do you understand? <laughs> Christmas is a bug's life. Hanukkah is ants. It's not. <laughs> I like ants. It's our mad TV. And Christmas celebrates a virgin giving birth to your Lord and Savior. Hanukkah celebrates this one time we made a candle last longer than it should have. It <laughs> We celebrate an extension on a gas bill. That is the most Jewish thing. The only more Jewish holiday would be like, yes, and Chag Sameach celebrates that one time we brought back a rental car and empty, and no one noticed. That's that's great, man. Uh, uh, Let's see. Ben Wonders sent this in. This is about uh, tipping. Tipping is the subject here. A lot of cultural differences since I moved here. Oh, we played this lady before, Katie Boyle, comic. For example, as a foreigner, I really hate tipping. But as a bartender, I really hate foreigners. That's the jokes. Those are the jokes. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? I got one from T-Bone. T-Bone sent in a couple other ones, but I was like, no, T-Bone. This one, the first one was good enough. Uh, this is Moldog Forever. What do you think? that Nick Mullen. This is comedian Nick Mullen. And if I can unmute it, there we go. New York City sewer system is on the brink of collapse, right? It's a serious problem. It's all backed up with fat. And the reason for that, and I wish there was a more delicate way to put this, is because New York City is filled with uh, dagos. (laughs) It is. It's filled with Italian people that just keep dumping olive oil down the kitchen sink all day long. They can't stop. They wake up. They're like, yeah, lasagna breakfast. And they jam it <laughs> down the garbage disposal. They just do it all day long to the extent that they have to run fucking PSAs where they're like, please stop flushing ravioli down the toilet. <laughs> they keep, this keeps going. You guinea moron. You're destroying the sewers. And... <laughs> And then it all clumps up in the sewers. And it's very funny because in the PSAs, they call the fat clumps. They call them fat bergs, which hilarious to blame it on the Jews. Even Even though it's the Italians, to scapegoat them once again is very funny. Fuck. I'm sorry. That was professional of me. That got me, man. That got me too. Oh, that wow. was good. Good times. Um, yeah, good times. Great palette. Yeah, that's good, Alan. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into our oh, that. segment. I've got a clip sent in by Huey about the borderline between uh, the Balkans and the rest of, what would that be, Eastern Europe? Yeah. Okay. We can begin. Yeah. Okay. Now, what you see here is, at least in summer or in the fall, one of the nicest views of Ljubljana. It looks like Paris, green leaves, etc. On both sides, nice old houses, nothing special. Eh, but you are wrong. This river here is the official geographical limit between 
Balkon and Middle Europa. So beware on the other side. Horror, oriental despotism, <laughs> women get beaten, get raped and like it. On this side, Europe, civilization, women get beaten and raped but don't like it. So, Balkon, <laughs> Middle Europa, don't oh, forget. <laughs> it's just, wow. you know, next time you're in Middle Europe, I guess, it's good to know. Yeah. They don't like it. They don't like it, Alan. That's important to remember. Yeah. Might have been funnier to switch that, right? Say they don't like it, they do. Yeah, okay. all right. Uh, yeah, I'll send him a note. Um, oh, uh, Jeffersonian anarchist sent us this. Well, I saw this from him. Um, this is a clip from a Peloton workout video, and I don't think she meant to say this is the instructor. I don't think she meant to say what she was trying to say. She's on a rowing machine, and I think she's describing um, moving your, your legs in while you're doing the rowing action. Okay. If you ever have an opportunity where you're like, I'm not sure what to do, then just come inside. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> Oddly, Jeff has become the voice of reason in that group chat where I tell you about these maniac. Oh, my God. Oh, Never yeah. I'm not going to talk about Spin Tool here. Uh, love you, Spin. I really do. But you scare me. Uh, okay, I've got an old ad here. This is a big dog. I don't really remember this. I'd put it in the sheet anyway. Oh, this is an old ad uh, about big dog lovers and language you don't hear anymore. I'm a big dog lover, Sam. so I treat my dog to liver snaps made with real liver. And let me tell you, even though it's thought that I love a big pussy, I prefer a big dog. Oh, I love that. Wow. Just keep it moving. Why was he dressed like Santa Claus? Because he was Santa. What do you mean? We have young oh. listeners, Alan. Got it, got it. Yeah. Bring your kids. It's none taken. <laughs> uh, Uncle Dustin's going to tell you the truth about Christmas. Okay. Uh, this is another one from T-Bone. Um, this is, I think we have a couple of music songs or musical clips in a row. This is a Blur song too, but with a slight modification. Let's see if you can pick up on it. <laughs> it's me, Mario. We're done. It's that was good. I haven't heard that song for a while. Like, yeah, yeah. And then, then you get tired of it again, right? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really have a lot of staying power. Same with most of the Gorilla songs, too. Sorry, Tim. I know you're a Gorillaz fan. Tim paid like $300 to see Gorillaz when, like, that was an expensive concert. Now that's, like, concert prices. It's like an average concert. Yeah. Wow. Maybe it was 100 I think he was like, it was $100. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. And then they, they just have the screens of their, like, anime figures, and they're playing behind them. I'm like, that sounds terrible. Maybe he was just telling me about it. I don't mean to slander you, Tim. I guess you'll hear about it. Uh, I'm sure I will. Uh, another one from T-Bone. This is um, this is just good advice set to some good music about... Do you remember the car, the uh, Pontiac Sunfire? I do. Yeah, if he tries a 98 Pontiac Sunfire, probably he's going to try and date you and your sister simultaneously. 98 Sunfire, rest assured, he's going to tell the cops that the drugs are yours. And if you still take them home, despite it all, you're going to wake up with no copper wiring in your walls. 98 Pontiac Sunfire, baby, 98 Pontiac Sunfire, 98 Pontiac Sunfire, baby, 98 Pontiac Sunfire. 98 Pontiac Sunfire available oh, now. Uh, I got Waylon, mm, Waylon Napa Dogan. Waylon Napa Dogan. That song's a fucking jam, dude. I added that to my favorites on YouTube Music. 
It's <laughs> good stuff. It's 98 good stuff. Pontiac think, uh, Sunfire. 98 Pontiac Sunfire came with a mullet for free. Yes, definitely. And a trucker hat. Way before it was yes. fashionable, yes. Uh, okay, I got... Oh, Thrash sent this in. This is... Uh, preacher this is the same preacher this is a preacher we haven't had a preacher clip in a while this is a preacher um talking about no well you know i was getting the board ready but you spoiled it there alan um we got it was gonna be a surprise um (laughs) we've so this uh thrash sent this in this is a preacher doing an example of uh how he preaches and how um i don't know why how black preachers preach now a white preacher would say it like this and god is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. Now, I do like that before he gets into a horrible voice, uh, I, I believe the term is black scent. Um, he, he is demeaning of the white preacher. That wasn't a compliment. Yes. Okay, but no, oh boy. Was... May abound to every good work. Can I get a witness? That's white. But if I preach at one of the brothers' churches, oh boy. one of the bishops, and God, mm-hmm. it's just the hand I motions, the Lord, too. Oh, you ain't hearing me. Believe I'll go over here a while. And the Lord, hey! Spinning around, doing bad footwork. And God Jay- is able. It's just a James Brown impression. And God really is able, is. able, 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 able. And buddy, wow, she just takes off. People, no. What do you mean? Look at the white. He's talking about the audience. They're all white. Yes. This is this is. Everybody in this audience has never been to a black church. And God is able. It's called hooping. And God is able. Mm. I said the Lord. I said able. He's gonna make it great. Oh, oh Lord. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, wow. I mean, he knew his audience, right? Like that was yeah, a safe clearly. place, right? I didn't the button, sorry. Oh, I love that. Um, uh, oh, I've got a clip to play so that I can ask you if anybody else is like this. I guess I'll ask you first. So this is uh, there's a couple of guys talking about their shortcuts with math, but it's all like what I consider how my neuroatypicality manifests itself when it comes to maths. Very simple math, by the way, here. Oh, and you know what? It's better if I don't mute it. There we go. More and more recently. Googling math? Yeah. Like what situation? Occasionally I've caught myself typing into Google 30 T-I-M-E-S 15. Well, you could just click X. That's how rarely I use math in my life. What type of head math can you do? You can do 30 times 15. Yeah, that was a bad example. Because then you do 15, 30, 45, add the zero, 450. Whoa. 30 times 10 is 300. And then half of that is 150. So you add that to the 300. I resonated with that more than I resonated with that. What? I actually think that's a better shorthand. I'm just pulling a number and then plugging it. The zero, you don't even have to mess with. I'm always trying to get it to like something times 10. I do that with addition. So if it's like 48 plus 38, then I'll do 48, 58, 68, 78. Whoa. And then add the extra eight. No, I would do. That's 16. Damn it. Oh, well, I closed it. God damn it. Uh, I do I do that last example. I would do 48 plus 38. I would do 50 plus 40 and then subtract the, the two twice instead of just... A, so I would do 40 plus 30, so 70, and then add the 8 and 8 and get to 86. Man, I don't like it when my dispatcher texts me to say there are no overtime calls. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> I, I saw the panic in your face. No <laughs> calls have come in. Good to know. This was a particularly bad case of somebody being cut in half. 
Nice. Uh, sorry for that, Alan. That was uh, unprofessional oh. of me. Um, you know what? I'm going to turn this. <laughs> it was quite professional. Off. I think. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, guys, you, those of you who are already there, much appreciated. That's how it starts. But the Patreon does not supplement our income yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's... we keep making some sweet logos. Yeah, maybe though. answer the texts that pay for your house. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. point. Okay. Uh, what do we had? White preacher? Anyone? Oh, math. Okay. Can we move on? Yes. Okay. Let's... Uh, I don't remember what this is. I, uh, yeah. Who does it say sent this? No one? Uh, Greg. Greg sent this one in. 90% of the offshore interrogators are white men. What you talking about, like torture? Yeah. Were you discouraged from being an advanced interrogator because of your gender, do you find? This is Ryan Long, the comedian. We love Ryan Long. We played him here before. So he's asking women, do you feel discriminated against because 90% of the, um, the enhanced interrogators are the water borders are all men. men. Yeah. So here's really here's here is a thoughtful response. <laughs> like more diverse. Right. Not something that personally would appeal to me. I'm not attracted to like human rights violations. But no. is that possible that that's your social programming that society's been telling women that they should stay away from jobs like that because it's not for them? No. Ever come across a woman that personally feels oppressed because they have not had the option to be an advanced interrogator? Well, that's their internal programming. They don't like realize it. A lot of times women just. Or is it your internal programming to think that everything has to be equal? Do you not think that things should be equal? No. Oh, now ask her about women's suffrage. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think women should suffrage? I've, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. I've never uh, been attracted to human rights violations. Either. Yeah, that's a great phrase. Yeah, that. That's that's not true, Alan. I can probably <laughs> come up with something, but no. you know, yep, perhaps don't. a few interactions with people. Are, yeah, maybe maybe a few. Yeah, things. Rich Brown, Rich Brown comes to <laughs> yes, mind. Yes, yes. Sorry, Dick Brown. Well, there, that leaves no ambiguity to who that was. Then, uh, I mean, fuck that guy. <laughs> he was <laughs> instrumental in pivotal points in both of our lives yeah let me leave it at that i don't think tim even liked that i think tim still hates that guy i think tim saw him working at a starbucks and it felt good it felt good for me (laughs) to hear that he's told me that story uh i'm gonna play this as a palate cleanser this is a tampa bay lightning uh, employee selevsky was being interviewed after a game yeah i mean you gotta listen in close the reporter farts and he breaks he can't obviously it wasn't great feeling uh, last game, but um... <laughs> <laughs> the guy he just starts laughing. He tips his head. <laughs> uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh, this is a little palate cleanser with farts. You know, fart jokes are always funny. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's never not funny. Uh, Thrash sent this one in. It's an anti-racism question. Uh, I don't remember what this is either. So here we go. I want everyone. Oh, this is beautiful. This is not jokes. Okay. I love this. I fucking love this. I'm going to keep this in my back pocket in case I feel someone's getting a little overzealous with their, I don't see racism. I think everything's fine. All right. Person in this room who would be happy to be treated as this society in general treats our citizens, our black citizens. If you, as a white person, would be happy to receive the same treatment that our black citizens do in this society, please stand. You didn't understand the directions. <laughs> if you white folks want to be treated the way blacks are in this society, stand. Nobody's standing here. That says very plainly that you know what's happening. You know you don't want it for you. I want to know why you're so willing to accept it or to allow it to happen for others. Uh, wow. How about that? How about that? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, there's not anything to add to that. I think it's just a good, it's a good sound. I think that's where it fits in the show. We're transitioning out of how about that? One more, how about that? Uh, this one's a little bit funny and these, isn't that some things are going to be a little bit heavier and straight to the point. So enjoy this while you got it, guys. We're going to put our serious caps on. We'll still be funny. I'll be funny. I can't speak for Alan. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, this guy brings up a good point, man. I think, I actually think he's onto something here. Um, here we go. So autism is diagnosed four times as much as men as it is a woman. And I have a theory about it. I have a theory that some women hide it in plain sight because you, you look at a guy who like collect rocks and might be a little awkward or quiet. You're going to be like, hmm, that guy, you got a little bit of teasy for sheezy. You know what I'm talking about? Autism. But then on the other hand, a woman could collect a million, her whole house could be full of gems, which are really just pretty stones, really pretty rocks. And be like, I'm a witch. And like everybody's like, yeah, neurotypical. No, no questions here. Nothing <laughs> peculiar at all. She's just a normal witch, you know? So I don't know. Check your girlfriends. They might, like, is physical touch really her love language? Or does she have, like, sensory issues? Bro? Is she a little neurodivergeasy up in the. Divergeasy. Your girlfriend has autism, bro. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I mean, what else explains uh, astronomy? Astronomy or astrology? Which astrology. one's a fake one? Okay, astrology. Astrology. I'll never get that straight. <laughs> I like if, that. If anybody's got a shorthand for keeping those words straight, I guess I could just organize them in my mind, but I made it to 41 without doing it. I don't think it's going to start now. Uh, all right, let's get into our... Isn't that something? ...segment. I've got... Uh, okay, so first topic's going to be on the uh, Texas ab- abortion story that was briefly good news during our Friday show. Br- very briefly. Yes. Short-lived. Um, I'm going to play this first, this clip first, because I think this clip helps understand the mindset of the judges. Can you, can you give a little rundown on what happened? So a... a person was pregnant uh, you can say woman alan fuck a woman, a woman was pregnant uh her baby was diagnosed with a severe disease or did you uh, think we were in an hr meeting or something no no okay essentially the the fetus was not going to be viable it was and it was going to affect her health if she gave yes, birth was, to the baby right so a, a judge allowed her to have an abortion it went to the Supreme Court of Texas, and they overruled it. Yes, it was a panel of nine judges, six of which were men. And here is one of those men in a tape at a uh, fundraising event. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to submit to you that before I ever got in politics, my convictions... Just keep in mind, this is a judge, and he's talking about politics. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how that's supposed to be, right? Well, in some, in some areas, you vote it for a judge. I don't know that that should still be considered like politics, right? I, like, I agree, but okay. it is when you're voting, getting people to vote I'm for I'm just saying judge. there's a number of things you're not going to like about him. That one's low on the list, but right. I don't think it should be ignored. We're forged in the, the crucibles of the pro-life movement. I, got, I ran into a bunch of crazy Catholics, and they talked me into rescuing at abortion clinics. And I rescued in Santa Austin and Corpus Christi and was arrested 37 times. Now, isn't it an irony that today I stand before you as one who could very well win the Texas Supreme Court? So when he says he was arrested 37 times, what he's saying is he was harassing women at an abortion clinic and broke the law 37 times and was arrested for it, right? Which, you know... There's all kinds of activism that we support where, you know, you break the law, blah, blah, blah. Um, It's odd to do that three dozen times and still 
be a judge, become a judge. It sounds like he's talking to a rally of his constituents oh, yeah. who are going to vote for him. Oh, yeah. Which is, and so he knows the buttons to press, but that's just sickening to hear. I mean, when you sent me this clip, I was like, fuck that guy, because I didn't have any better comeback than that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> no, I sent dude. you that clip so you had the context when we played it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah I didn't want it to blindside you so much. I wanted to give you yeah. a chance to come up with something more than fuck that guy. And I think you did I fine. I think you did fine. <laughs> yeah. um, so here's a clip from NPR this morning going over the decision that the uh, that the court made to overturn that and why they made that decision. Here is a twist. Even though the justices knew Kate Cox had decided to travel and no longer needed an abortion in Texas, the court didn't dismiss the case. It Instead, it issued a seven-page opinion that really dives into the details. It says Kate Cox did not appear to meet the definition. I hate that we know her name. Texas doctors up. can definition in Texas law that would allow an abortion. Texas doctors can only legally provide abortions if a patient is, quote, in danger of death or a serious risk of substantial impairment of a major bodily function. They say her pregnancy is complicated, but it doesn't meet that definition. Here's, here's, the, thing. here's the deal. That's what the judges say at the Supreme Court court right mm-hmm. right and then they say something infuriating here in a second and i think i'll remember my thoughts also the justices wrote that it really isn't up for the courts to decide this anyway because the responsibility rests with doctors here's liz sepper a law professor at texas law in austin the texas supreme court is disclaiming all responsibility we saw the attorney general the texas medical board and the state of texas just throw up their hands and say it's not our fault that abortion is banned when your life and health are at stake no, it's your fault to interpret that law and decide. So when they made these laws, they said with medical exceptions, right? And right. all this proves this whole charade that took place is that there are no exceptions because this was an exception. This was it certainly and, should have been an exception. Yes. yes. And here's why doctors did not sign off with specifics about how her life was was thre- was threatened. Because when the doctor, so basically, if, if, if it was unclear in the previous clip, the way that this works is if a doctor says, yes, she has this life-threatening situation here, this is why she deserves this exception, she can get approval from a judge, whatever, and a doctor will give her the, the, the permission. Maybe it won't even need a judge, right? Yeah, the doctor right. can just write the permission. The doctor makes the call. But the problem is that opens the doctor up to a second opinion. And there's always going to be a second opinion that says, in fact, that's not so life-threatening. In fact, you know, 15% of those people survived. Therefore, you really shouldn't have considered that being, you know, terminal, right? Right. Even though just having this pregnancy opened her up to sepsis, which go look at the mortality with sepsis. You get sepsis, 50% chance of dying. It's like... It's bad. Yes. Um, So so that those doctors, would someone review it and... And um, and overturn their decision after she had the abortion, they would get life in prison and over a hundred thousand dollars in fines. So that's why they're not putting it down. That's why they're going to a judge. That's why the judge was being asked that. And for them to fucking know that, because of course they know that. Of course they know that. That's the intention of how it was written. For them to use that as the excuse. The only saving grace, first of all, that's the banality of evil, right? I use that word not enough, but that's a perfect example of that's evil and the banality of it is just so like, what? This is how it works. You should ask the doctor tongue-in-cheek because they fucking know the reality of the situation. I mean, so just to kind of expound on banality of evil. So, I mean, you think about atrocities that have been committed in history and you think, well, people that did that must have been crazy. There must have been something wrong with them morally. They must have been, you know, serial killers or something like that. But that's not the case. These are normal people that commit these atrocities because... It becomes banal because it's just par for the course. I'm following orders. That's what I do. 
Um, is is nonchalant a decent yes. like synon- yeah. synon- Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else is doing it. That's right. what you know. I'm being told to do. So no big deal. Yes. I will you know murder all of these people, um, and that's what's you know that's what's happening here as well. Yes. The only saving grace that I see in this is that she isn't the only case. There's I think twenty or twenty more. At least 20 lawsuits, similar lawsuits. lawsuits, Yeah. Yeah. Which means, yeah, they'll probably use the same bullshit excuse each time, but they're going to have to trot out that that sorry ass line in front of the public who aren't stupid. Like, I got to think that they'll get away with this for a bit. But that's that's if there is a tipping point on this, I really do think that, you know, the more that you make them lie to you, the more it becomes impossible to hear the lie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's been <clears throat> a lot of people have been flowing into to Texas from from other places like California because it's cheaper, taxes are better, etc. Um, but you also have to take into account the kind of government you're going to be under, um, and, and I think that should be a huge factor in your decision about where you want to live. And I wouldn't want to live in a place like that. No, it's a huge drawback to Tennessee. It's probably the biggest drawback to Tennessee is yeah. the uh, you know the Republican monoculture here. Yeah, yeah. Not what, not uniculture, right? No, monoculture. Um, Let's do let's insert this in between uh, the two topics. We're going to talk about Israel here in a second. But I think this is interesting and I haven't seen this anywhere else. Uh, Have you heard anybody talking about Belgium possibly splitting up? Mm, That sounds vaguely familiar. Belgium is about to break up. Not many of you know that Belgium is extremely divided, both linguistically and economically. No, the, the linguistic language is predominant in the southern part of the country, called Wallonia, while the Dutch is the predominant language Flemish. in Flanders, the northern part of the country. But the difference in economy is much more pronounced. In the second half of the 20th century, due to massive national investments in port infrastructure, Flanders' economy modernized rapidly. Flanders. And today, Flanders is much wealthier than Wallonia, being among the wealthiest regions in Europe. Splitting Belgium into two independent states, Northern Belgium and Southern Belgium, was one of the proposed solutions to solve this discrepancy. This one being the most plausible one, while the most extreme one is that the northern part of Belgium to join the Netherlands and the southern part to join France. That's kind of fucking wild to me. Isn't that something? That That is pretty wild. And yeah. I imagine that's the product of colonialism. Again, I I don't know the specifics about that, but I imagine that's the case. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose like the byproduct of the two languages and stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah maybe. Maybe. Um, let's get into Israel here. Uh, we've got the New York Times, Biden, Israel, four to six weeks. Oh, I think this is a quick one. This is just... Uh, there's a sound in this that I think you're going to enjoy. And if it means in some way jeopardizing America's relationship with Israel and its ability to influence it. Yeah, I think that's right. I talked to an analyst the other day. He says, look, he thinks there's- this is uh, we both listened to this New York Times podcast episode where they were talking about how Biden is attempting to influence Israel and mm-hmm. reel them back in while also outwardly supporting them unconditionally as we hear publicly. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah. OK. Um, and we're getting to something on this clip, though. Yeah, I think that's right. I talked to an analyst the other day. He says, look, he thinks there's four to six weeks left in this policy. Mm. That at a certain point, th- this becomes <laughs> just too big a burden for the United States to handle if it doesn't change. On the- it was just for the hmm. Mm. I, did, I, I, I did it for it. the hmms. Um, but let's, uh, so why, something? why not publicly? I think that's my only clip from that episode. Why? Why is everything why why not be for can you talk about that because you like that episode quite a bit and I didn't pull any other sounds from it um, my only question is why do you think we're not he's not so public with his stance 
why, why he's not leveraging him as much publicly. I think he's been consistent throughout his career as a politician, politician in his uh, support of Israel. Um, and while he's allowed his cabinet members to come out and say some things that were sort of like, hey, Israel needs to take a step back here. Um, he personally doesn't feel comfortable doing that. Um, and I think it's just his history with that situation. Hmm. I don't think that's good enough, man. I feel like um, I, I I don't see why they can't just be more transparent with the fact that they would like to see some restraint from Israel. You know, I've said it before that, you know, there is a future where this is resolved. And in that future, it's not unlikely that there's going to be a handful of democracies in the Middle East. It's still going to be Israel. And, you know, whether we approve of the way they handle situations like this or not, we need to have them as an ally. I, I do think so. Um, and not supporting them through this is going to make that more difficult. I don't It just doesn't change the fact that these methods are atrocious. Uh, they do seem to be working. They say they've killed like 7,000 Hamas fighters. That's a lot. I mean, that, that I, is a lot, but it's also hard to tell if that's a real number or yeah, not. Right. Um, that's true. But I mean, at this point, you know, the two state solution doesn't seem like a possibility. Um, the one state solution also doesn't seem like a possibility. Well, remember, nobody wants a one state solution in the region because right, they don't want right. the Palestinians in their land. Everybody's well, talking about Bank, uh, as, as Israel's atrocities with, you know, not opening borders. Egypt's not doing shit. They don't want people there. Yeah. I mean, and the West Bank, I was doing some more research about this. I didn't realize how, like, you think of the West Bank as a contiguous, is that the right mm-hmm. word? As, as a, a, a complete space. That, that's occupied by Palestinians. That's not the case. There's pockets of Palestinians there surrounded by Israeli settlers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's constantly so more settlers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're taking their land and there's constantly skirmishes. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was one thing when Israel started and, the, well, first of all, it was voted on in the UN the same time right. that Pakistan right. was created and nobody complains about Pakistan. But, um, but it was one thing when that happened. And it was also one thing when landlords weren't using land and settlers were developing it and buying the land or yeah. right that was one thing in like ni- the 1940s it's a different thing modern day to be going into the west bank and, and setting up settlements yeah very different so uh, yeah it's it's just it's an intractable problem i don't know where we go from here uh, yeah, we don't have to have an answer for that. We're just playing clips, sure. Alan. Um, yes. Let's talk about another intractable problem that I think we'll have a lot more to talk about. At least I have a shitload of notes. I can't really read my notes in this truck, so we'll see how I wing this. Um, <laughs> so this, I thought this was going to die down by the time we recorded. In fact, if we recorded yesterday, I probably wouldn't have included it. But then last night I listened to shows talking about this. This morning I listened to more updates on this. Um, the Was it a Senate hearing? I think it was a Senate hearing. Uh, there was was Senate, yeah, okay. Was either, Se- Senator, was. there was a congressional hearing. Uh, yes. Oh, it was re- representative, so it's Cong- Congress, uh, uh, House, House, House hearing. hearing. Okay. Um, they dragged the heads of a bunch of elite Ivy League schools in. So it was Harvard, Penn, MIT, mm, Yale. Why not? We'll include Yale. Yeah, I think that's, that's um, right. And literally the stupidest fucking person on the planet. Like I, I know that there's a lot of people that tie her and she doesn't really catch a lot of the attention like the MTGs, but Elise Stefanik, uh, a Republican house member from New York is stupid. She is dumb like moron full stop. She believes in the great replacement theory, 
which right. is hilarious because she asked these baiting questions. I do call this a baiting question. They gave horrible answers, and they deserve the heat that they're in. So all these heads of these universities are in a lot of trouble right now because they couldn't just say, oh, yeah, we condemn people calling for a genocide. That actually sounds fine agreeing with. They seem to get, I think they were over-lawyered, the, the heads of the universities. Let me play this clip. I'm talking too much before we play it. So Elise Stefanik, the dumbest person on the planet, asked a, a question that she got these people in and she's having a fucking moment but I got you just got to understand how stupid she is and again great replacement theory like you don't get to score points with the Jewish community when you also believe in the great replacement theory which nobody's fucking talking about with her and and they just move on to how dumb these these heads of the universities were let me play the clip let me play the clip and I think we have a lot to say feel free to interrupt now I gotta unmute it does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes. She says yes or no. Um, now, nobody explains it in the clip. So if you don't hear it, I want you to understand the the calling for the genocide was not there. there the, maybe you can point to examples where someone says, yeah, genocide them. Um, but what was happening was it was from the river to the sea and it was calling for an intifada or the third intifada, third or fourth, where are we at with that? Um, I think it's third, right? Third By the way, third, third intifada has been going on for like the past six months and it goes back to what's been going on in the West Bank, which is why all of Israel's defense was in the West Bank rather than armed against the uh, Gaza intrusion on October 7th. Um, but I yeah, I, we never talked about it on the show because it was just yet another reason to be like, hey, this is a fucked up thing you're doing, Israel. Maybe these people are right. Yeah. Lions Brigade and all that shit in the West Bank. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. separately, though. So so from the river to the sea can mean Palestinians are free from persecution or it can mean there aren't any Jews here. That's up to you. That's up, that's really up to you to decide. I don't think that it implicitly means genocide. But but let's table that. And well, but traditionally, traditionally, it has meant that the Jewish, Jewish state does not have a right to be there, and that the Palestinians. Do you think do. that these blue-haired people chanting are are thinking that though? I I don't know. I I can't know that, but okay. probably not. Probably not. They just heard a catchphrase. Yes. And, you know. Right. Went with it. Yes. It still doesn't make it okay. I mean, you should. I don't know. I chanting that. You should know what it means. Mm. I don't know. I, I I mean, if we want, we can argue about that. I, I really don't, I don't think that to. it means I, I don't think that it on its face. You should you should say hands down unequivocally is the same thing as uh, calling for genocide. Calling genocide. Now, the fact that that's ambiguous is where I start saying that these heads of the universities were clearly over lawyered before they went into a, a congressional hearing. Which I know there's cameras there and it'll get written down, but you're not going to go to jail for that. Like, there's nothing there. There's no, like, criminal prosecution based off of this, right? So, so they went oh, in the there right, and treated it like the they right. were in a court of law. And they were like, well, I, uh, I can't say this. Be-, like, they were, like, they were trying not to, you know, indemn- uh, nope, almost use a Trump word there. <laughs> what? It's, so the correct answer would have been what we just talked about, which is yeah. they didn't call for genocide. They said this. That can mean different things. Yes. I take your meaning. If you're, if you're going to interpret it that way, then no. That, no, but okay. she can't say that because Elise was so brilliant. She said, right. yes or no. Yes or yes no. Yes or no. Right. Still don't have to answer targeted no. at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no. Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment. I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. So but that's Sally Kornbluth. She's the MIT president. She got the best of this. Maybe because she's Jewish. She didn't get a lot of the follow-up questions that the other ones did. Per chance for intifada. 
I've heard chants which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? This is the one that stepped in it. She lost her job. Yes. Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I, I am, she has a smug grin on her face, right? She, yeah. That didn't help either. Did not. Asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute... How hard would it be to say, well, with what you're asking, yes. What, with what just, took place, just no. Just say yes. Yeah. Being right. harassment. If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. So she's it is reading a context from a dependent. Yes. Oh, would well, you want to talk about the policy here? Um, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. So if we reworked Stefanik's question backwards, you could say from the handbook, you could say she could have asked her this. If she was, if Stefanik was asking a genuine question, she could have said, "Is calling for the genocide of Jews so severe and pervasive that it creates a condition or an environment?" where a reasonable person would consider intimidating, hostile, or abusive. Now, at least Stefanik doesn't know what half those words mean. She, she, she didn't ask that question. But that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's the way a real person asks this. A real person that isn't trying to right. bait someone and get a news clip, which right. totally scored. Or she could have said, does calling for the genocide of Jews fall outside of the range of commonly acceptable range of critique or disapproval of discussion? Uh, because they have these limits on free speech, which I think we'll get into a little bit more. Sure. Uh, oh, sorry. I thought I kept thinking I was cutting you off. Uh, should oh, I play yeah. a little more of the clip? Yeah, play more. Decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct... It can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? <laughs> the speech is not harassment? <laughs> this is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity oh, for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. Dude, the- what, like, what, what is, like, you pedantic like just say yes and move on this isn't a court of law she's treating it like if she says this wrong she's going to get handcuffed right and well she's treating it like she's in an hr meeting yes how she's treating yeah pregnant person all all she needs to do is say yes and then later outside when reporters ask her what she meant she could then explain her her response um but she doesn't do that and that's because, like, maybe she is over-lawyered, or maybe she's just sat through too many classes of, <laughs> about how to speak in HR speak. I don't know. Well, and she's also got to be careful because they don't have free speech on campus. They have, you know, protected, right. you know, and all these things. Which well, so, but that's that's the whole thing here. That, that is. Go. On, on some level, obviously, they're sensitive to speech, right? Yeah. It's about, you know, intersectionality or things like that. Then all of a sudden all the alarms go off and we can stop that, right? Oh, yeah. Are you saying, like, if this was about, if people were saying things that were anti-trans or anti-LGBT, there yes, would be no problem absolutely. saying yes to that? Absolutely. Okay. But, and that's what becomes so glaring here is that she's not willing to do that when it comes to, uh, 
to anti-Semitic remarks. Yeah. Um, or so afraid where she's stepping, there might be a landmine, as opposed to these other issues where they're more than willing to say, no, that's not okay, even in very extreme cases. Um, it's just the, the contrast here is so obvious that anybody with you know a reasonable mind can see it. It's so clear. Yes. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of working this through while we talk. I, I know I knew I'd come here with my opinion and oftentimes sort of shape how I feel about things while I like work these ideas out with you. Um, so I think it's fair to say that you don't have true free speech on campus. Like the First Amendment, as we enjoy it, isn't necessarily it, there's modifications to it within the campus structure, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. I think that's fair. OK. Um, so do you have something on that? Well, I mean, we talked about free speech a lot on the show. I would say that if you're a free speech absolutist, I don't want to be HR speak here, but yeah, then no, it's not there. You allow um, bad speech, basically, if, right, if you, right. and because bad speech comes with free speech. Right. Um, but if there's you, not consequences for that speech. Right, of course. But like they have a harassment policy and they're trying to enforce that and they have clear examples of where they go out of their way to enforce that as we just mentioned with say it was trans or using the wrong pronouns or something like that right sure which Mm -hmm. okay um but but it's it's not like that's what they're being called out for is because they aren't being consistent within that i will say this this is my initial response was to defend them because i always think that like when you start subdividing harassment into all these like oh well you know, you did it in this way or you did it in that way. It's like, no, just they have a harassment policy. If you're harass, like, I don't care if it's genocide or something less extreme than that. Genocide is covered underneath the harassment policy of the individuals sure. that it could be you know, being threatened towards. Right. Like, I, I mean, just and to say like they don't that like they would allow somebody to say something anti-Semitic. It's like they have it written down in their policy that they can point to and say, no, you can't harass people over religious reasons like that. That should have covered this. She should have been able to say that just like all religions. We don't tolerate that. Right. Right. Okay. I guess we're just going to agree on that. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can't. So if you can't uh, harass people about the religion, then this clearly falls under that category. Just like you can't harass somebody about their sexual orientation or anything like that. I just can't understand why this was so hard for them to say yes to. Yeah. Well, again, it's because she's trying to – she's afraid of landmines. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's strange that she's afraid of landmines here not elsewhere. I've, I've heard this from someone, uh, and I'm blanking on the name right now, but they, they have a three-pronged approach to resolving this situation. Okay. One is um, have a clear free speech policy on campus. Like clarify your free speech policy. Have it aligned with the First Amendment. I like that. Okay. Institutionally remain neutral on public controversies. Like you don't have to get out in front of the next George Floyd. You don't have to get out in front of what the next president does. You don't have to – as a as – a, People as an institution, you don't need to do that, right? You should be focused on educating people, and you don't have to silence your professors, they can speak out. But as an institution, sure. you don't have to release a statement on everything, right? Mm-hmm. And don't shut down others from spe- free speech. So, meaning you have a policy on campus where if someone is committing bad speech but it's still protected under free speech, you don't silence them by heckling them. That's called the heckler's veto. Um, like you can't have noise or intermittent shouting or, um, like, or people like basically disturbing a speech because they 
you know, they run into the auditorium and they're chanting and they're Pre- preventing the person that has the right to right. free speech being heard. Right. Because right, right. you have free speech, too. But if your free speech is being weaponized to prevent someone else from having it, then right. you're you're not using free speech. You are. Right. If you, you're running into the auditorium with a bullhorn so that person can't yeah. be heard by the crowd, then that's not OK. Yes. And, you know, there's plenty of people I'd love to see that happen to. But that's just sure. my id. You can protest outside. Is that my id, Alan? You can do that. What's that? Is that my id that would like to see that? I don't know these per- things. Yeah, perhaps. Okay. Perhaps it is. Sure. There's a one in three shot. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, countering speech is fine, but preventing it is unconstitutional. Um, it does occur to me that there's another side to this. What's that? There were like 30-something student groups that signed the document like on October 9th saying that Israel essentially like had this coming. Before Israel even responded, really. Yes, yeah. Right. Not only before they responded, but like saying like everything that happened on October 7th was entirely Israel's fault and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, those student groups are morons. <laughs> yeah, but you have to allow people to be morons of course. sometimes. Of course. I mean, that's a, I mean, the whole point of free speech is get those ideas out in the daylight and then we can work it out. Um, and that really should be what part of your education is about when you're attending a university. You get exposed to things that you wouldn't otherwise be exposed yep. to. And you can wrestle with those ideas in your head and come out with your own opinions and conclusions. But if you're going to put somebody in a, you know, a soft bubble where they can't see or hear any of these other ideas. But that's, that's been the not- argument by uh, by right wingers largely to this point that right. you're not letting people do that when you censor pronouns and things like that. And, you know, you condemn someone for not, you know, not knowing even that they use the wrong pronouns and those those types of speeches i mean that that has been a hot point on campus and people have been right to be upset about that and now it's happening in this way and they don't know how to respond and it's weird that they can't respond the same way i remember when um the new york post came out with that article about hunter biden's laptop and twitter would not allow the link to be shared on their on their platform and i you know i remember saying like i I think that makes it worse yep. allow it to get out there yep. let people share it so people can see it and then debunk it um it's worse when you try to hide things in the shadows is when it becomes worse yeah it's that's when, when it, fetishes, it becomes right? a fetish right yes yes what? yes okay i was joking but thanks for saying yes <laughs> no it really uh, yeah, is though. yeah i don't think you heard what i said that's fine a fetish oh yeah okay that was what i said um <laughs> did we talk about the ceasefire being blocked by the u.s U.S. and the U.K. Yeah, so the U.K. abstained and we voted no, yeah. And then 13 other members of that Security Council said, uh, voted yes, but it took one block, one to block it. Um, I kind of have a thought on that. Um, I think both of us are at the point where we would like to see Israel stop doing this. (laughs) I don't think that that's a controversial statement in the show. Um, We got big, complex feelings. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) So... I, 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 what's the worst case scenario from what would happen from a ceasefire? What's Israel say? What would happen if they gave a ceasefire now? Hamas regroups uh-huh. and commits further atrocities. Okay. And what happens during that time period? Does Israel just sit on its thumbs? No, no. I wouldn't. It's so. probably no. getting non-emergency aid from its backers like us and the ability to also regroup. Yeah. So maybe have a fucking ceasefire. I, I like maybe you'll be able to better defend yourself and it won't involve killing a bunch of children. That would be that would be a okay. Um, good scenario. I, I, I get a feeling that the idea I just shared is going to come back up later. This is what uh, kids. This is what we call foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> I have a bunch of clips on Ukrainian aid. 
The let's okay. see. Let's start off with this one. Uh, Zelensky was in the U.S. today. Uh, this is. Even Biden had a press conference together. Yes, uh, this was yesterday, rather. Okay. American Bradleys, High Mars, one five five caliber artillery, Atacams, Patriots, F 16s can get the job done in Europe. Exactly how global freedom needs it. The the whole world is watching us. Observing what destiny other free nation could face to live freely or to be subjugated, Ukraines haven't given up and won't give up. We know what to do, and you can count on Ukraine, and we hope just as much to be able to count on you. Isn't that something? All right. Um, so I got a series of clips here from one of the podcasts I was listening to this week. Oh, it was Lawfare. Um, may need to be trimmed down. I didn't really do much to him. I'm just going to play him raw here. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely a... So this uh, was on the subject of the debate in Congress to get that funding to Ukraine, uh, mm-hmm. which there might be an update at the end of these clips. Sense there that there's a mis- mismatch in objectives that the West is kind of comfortable with a lot of these intermediate states and hasn't really figured out for itself what it wants Ukraine to look like in the future and European security to look like and Russia. And so, you know, until we define what our actual strategic objectives are and our interests that are at play here, fundamentally, we're not going to be able to devote the kind of resources that are needed. And so, you know, they do feel like we've given them just enough to hang on and not enough to win. I think some of the critiques that they have of you know, that we kind of deliberately metered out support so that they would just kind of... So this kind of goes towards like the antiwar.com, Scott Horton and uh, Dave DeCamp, uh, Camp, that say along the lines of like, you know, the, they just want the war to go on. They don't want Ukraine to win. They just want people to die. Have minimal military uh, successes and that we were afraid of catastrophic victory and so on. I think that kind of fear of escalation dynamic maybe was present in the early months of the war when we really didn't understand Putin's logic and how kind of crazy he, he was and how far he was willing to go. But I think that dissipated, you know, last summer and fall. And I really do think that the Biden administration made a really good faith effort and European allies as well to equip Ukraine with as much as possible that we could pull from stocks to put them in the best possible position to launch this counteroffensive. And- um, I think that one goes right into this. Let's play this. And if you, okay. if you got a thought, hold on to it. Okay in the best possible position to launch this counteroffensive. And you can quibble over certain types of equipment, you know, fighter jets and, and long-range weapons and so on and so forth. And I think some of those critiques are valid, but others are not. I mean, it's there's questions of inventory and the questions of cost and the feasibility of getting things over in a time frame that would actually help them on the battlefield. So, you know, I don't think there was some grand conspiracy to just, you know, get the Ukrainians so that they survive. And that's it. Um, Greg had a great idea in the group chat saying, why don't we send F-16s with contract pilots? Uh, we've done that in other conflicts before. Ah, so it's not, it's not American. It's not the same thing at all. Russia, go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. Because without air superiority, you're not, win- you're not, I mean, it, they don't, there's no winning in modern war without air, air superiority. Yeah. So I agree with that guy. I don't think it was intentional. I think that we were drawing lines we didn't want to cross and then saying, okay, we really need to cross that line now. And then obviously it would have been better if we had just given them all this stuff at the beginning. Um, but we didn't want to start World War Three, So, And that I plays into the aggressor's hands, in this case, sure. Russia, right? Like you, I think you it was are. appropriate for us to be hesitant. I think so, too. Yeah. Sharing that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's it. But I do think that they have a good, you know, conceptual critique that we really haven't 
kind of grappled with what we want this to look like over the long term and what resources we're willing to put against that. Eric, I think that's valid too. Um, play this. Yeah, because we don't have Prioritize. a clear objective. Because we don't have a clear point. objective. Yeah. We don't have a clear objective or endpoint for this. And without that, it's hard to decide how much we're willing to get in the game, I think. Do you ever let yourself sort of fantasize about what 20 years will look like? Should we be so lucky? And, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about our childhood, it wasn't 20 years, but it was 30 years, 35 years after World War Two. Mm-hmm. God, we were born closer to World War Two than we were today. Um, um, uh, but in that, in our context of our childhood, Germany and Japan, they were allies, right? Like we thought about them as people that made it through that time period. And it would just be wonderful if 20 years from now we were dealing with Russia as a competitor economically as opposed to, you know. Right. Or the, even an ally like Japan. Yeah, but I mean like Germany. the way we compete with the UK yeah. and Germany, you know. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. I said, you know, in a different way. Uh, Sorry, dude. I was going to say, I, I, I don't dream about that, but uh, that would be very nice. Yeah. I, yeah. Same yeah. with China. And, you know, I think it's setting in for the Ukrainians what the challenges are. I think they don't understand. And frankly, I find it hard to understand how, you know, at least the Republican kind of senators who had been very strongly supportive of Ukraine aid, you know, McConnell, Graham, others have done what seems like a U-turn. And again, I understand you know, in the way Molly explained about kind of the horse trading here and, and all of that, and it's just politics. But at the end of the day, to see a statement, you know, from Senator McConnell saying, you know, I encourage a vote against this, even if it is just a procedural vote, that translates over there into a lot of confusion about ultimately what the position is. Uh, and so, again, I mean, I think this gets to the question is, has the bottom started to fall out even among Ukraine's strongest supporters in the Republican Party that ultimately this isn't as important? Uh, as it was a few months ago. And I just, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I mean, so what he's saying is that because we politicized or they have politicized this um, giving aid to Ukraine, it sends the wrong signals to people in Ukraine. Right. Or, yeah, what it's like to live there and go through that, right? Right. It's like, right. I say also, every week, like, it's going to be hilarious when we have a white nationalist Mujahideen. Also, it's just gross to politicize that. I mean, mm. if you were wanting to back oh. Ukraine... A month ago and now you're not willing to back them because you want to get some border security through. like you right. don't you are not principled about what you're asking no. for you're willing to cave if you get something that's seasonally important we're coming up on an election year border security is a winner for republicans so they're hitting that drum until next november that's all that's about because I, I had another clip i didn't play where trump got asked by hannity something about they give a list of countries that you wouldn't expect to see immigration from and they're being picked up at really high numbers at our border and they're like these are all potential sleeper cells isn't that right sir and it's like you know that that's that works in an election year right like and also look around the world those countries are migrating and in order to get to that southern border if you're coming from uh, Afghanistan was one of the examples or Iran you, you have to go through about eight countries just to get to the US like it's yeah. not an easy process um, but I suppose a sleeper cell could have pulled it off um, this next <laughs> clip is about um, I guess what I was trying to say there is you see a spike in I mean there's a huge huge immigration problem on Britain's southern border and they're like blaming France and all of this shit which again um, that the Predictably, the conservatives there are the ones that are pushing that as an election issue or as a culture war topic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's the same thing everywhere. It's not you know we're not special in that way. Um, this why, is yeah. 
So people immigrate because no. of... Whereas in the West... Sorry, 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 what? I mean, people immigrate because of either violence or economic instability um, it, where they're currently residing. Right. Um, and so they're not they're not immigrating because they want to be sleeper cell terrorists. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... I mean, that's the risk that always happens, right? You know, the... Um, I, but I, I, do I mean, the, the amount could... of the amount of personal risk that somebody takes on to emigrate and go through eight different countries to get yeah. here. I mean, th- I mean, by and large, anybody that can escape China and come to our country, I feel great for them. You know, I, yes, yeah. I mean, you, you give me examples of people I don't want here. I'm, of course, I'm not stupid, but, um, you know, it would be great if we had the ability to vet that better. I would love to see that, you know, also Democrats should cave on this. Like if that's, what's keeping this funding from going through, then just fucking cave on it. Like I, I think they've been willing to. Uh, I, mean, the... I haven't got to the next sound yet. Oh my god! I'm going to skip this one. This next one goes into detail about internal politics in Ukraine. We've kind of mm-hmm. touched on it, but not enough. But I don't want to play the clip right now. I think we're running out of time. Um, okay. It's uh, but there's you know the generals are popular, um, and the, and they're still not holding elections because they have a martial law thing set up. The the takeaway from it that I would share is that um, if they do have an election, it won't be until probably six months or so after martial law is lifted because going from one thing to another little whiplash like that, that really benefits Russia's propaganda machine. Um, so you, it'd be hard to trust that election. Um, also, I think that if there were opposition to Zelensky, they'd want a little bit of breathing room so that he's not st- still considered to be like a war hero. Um, you know, and right. Get votes, yes. So. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I can probably skip this last one too and just share the thought that it gave me, which I told you about foreshadowing a few minutes ago. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that it really wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for there to be some sort of a settlement and uh, ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine right now. I, I don't think you, you necessarily would have to say like the war is over, but if aggression could be halted, and the fear is Russia's just going to regroup. You know, Russia's re- Russia's not fighting the same war now they fought two years ago or a year and a half ago. Like they they have improved their tactics and learned. It's been amazing to watch them learn. And the, if I had any fucking sense about that, I'd I'd be able to articulate it. Um, but you know, you can see it in their effectiveness. The, a ceasefire would allow both sides to regroup, though. And we forget that. You know, I said that with um, I think I had that thought initially on Ukraine earlier this week. And then I applied it to Israel, Gaza. And I was like, well, oh, yeah, forgot about that. Right. Like we're like, oh, Russia's just going to come back stronger. It's like they're working on that anyways. Yeah. I mean, so in my mind, at this point, the only way or the most effective way to end this would be a, a Korean example where you establish a DMZ Ukraine is going to have to give up some land. I think the eastern Donbass is pretty much it's Russia's now. Uh, I mean, I just don't see any way they get that back. I don't see any way they get Crimea back. So if they can establish some sort of ceasefire, create a DMZ, um, and then you know go from there. I mean, technically, Korea and North Korea are still at war. I mean, they've mm-hmm. never actually you know signed anything. Like a treaty oh, there's anything. bad rumblings coming from over there too. Yeah, there is. Yeah. But I think that would be the most possible solution at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess uh, some sort of a pause in hostilities would help facilitate start. that. That would be the first step in that, start, right? Yes. Like, it's not a good, like, you don't like the way it feels, but you're not going to get there if you don't take that first step, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like anal. Um, <laughs> this is big news came from today. Thank you. Before the press. Before the press. Hey, whoa. 
So I love this clip. So Biden is sitting here in his fireplace room with uh, Zelensky and the press, (laughs) the press is asking him a bunch of questions and he tells him to shut up, makes an announcement, holds up a sheet of paper that hands the paper off to the side. And then the press is ushered out of the room and he just smiles at them like a fucking creep. Thank you. Before the press. Before the press. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hush up a second, okay? Got one more thing to say. It's first grade teacher energy. I just signed another $200 million drawdown for the Department of Defense for Ukraine, and that'll be coming quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, here's your big news, Alan. Isn't that something? Oh, here he is staring. He heard one of them and started smiling. I know. Had enough Put of that some rugs on the wall or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so I just, you know, I've said it before. How come they always seem to find this money when it's something like war and not something like student loans or health care or anything like like the amount of millions that they've been able to say like, oh, turns out we did an accounting flaw. It, the, oh, there was some drawdown money. Didn't know we had this. Like it's never to properly support mental health and help prevent, you know, shootings. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. We, we got to take guns away. To- Biden did try to uh, pay off some student loans. That didn't go very well. Yeah, well, maybe if he would have used some accounting error like this, it could have worked instead of putting it on the hook of the taxpayers or whatever, right? This is on the hook already, actually. Um, Yeah. Okay, a couple sounds that will kind of take us to break. This first one I call Don't Come After Tay-Tay. This is Tiny Face Charlie Kirk. Have you noticed this? Charlie Kirk has a very small face on his head. Like there's very, very, very small changes. Variants from the average are very perceptible. I, I hate using the word very that many, that many times. Minute changes to uh, outside of the norm are, mm-hmm. are very perceptible to, to the human eye. And it's probably a fraction of an inch, but his eyes are more towards the center. His mouth slightly up and small. Like he just has a tiny little face on his head. There's too much margins on that head. Anyway, uh, needs to adjust the printer settings. Yes, yes. Uh, Charlie Kirk podcast. It's uh, within the time of the clip I'm about to play. They launched 22 disgusting attacks against Tay Tay. Narcissist. I don't think that she's very talented. Sorry, sorry. uh, Person of the year. I guess that's what got them mad because it wasn't Barbie. Right. They're like, I wanted Barbie to win. See, no, she's was, ugly. I, 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 nobody really likes her. She's ugly. She looks like, nobody likes her. She looks like a teenage this boy. <laughs> like, dude, this guy fucks teenage boys. Did you hear that? <laughs> you don't like her. No. Like, if you put her in front of, like, she's ugly. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Is, does Taylor Swift have any eggs left? What the fuck? I don't know if she, she, don't know if she had it to start with. Like, no, you mean like sorry. bitter, bitter, angry women. And that, that's like, Taylor Swift. Like She's librarian, like, like your worst teacher you wow. had, feminism. That's like, that's Taylor Swift feminism. What is virtuous about her for young women to glean? Like date as many men as possible, yeah. complain all the time, ruin men's lives. She's not, she hasn't started a family. She's yeah, in her mid-30s. You have no kids. Like, <laughs> date as many men as possible. You're wasting your time not shitting out kids, you pig. It's a she terrible role model. You three up. 
if you, young women you start dressing parachute. sluttier because right. of Taylor Swift, which makes them... Her, she literally had a song about not dressing slutty enough and the guy wanting the other girl. Also, you want to accuse the uh, most successful band tour <laughs> of all time of being uh, not successful and nobody likes her? Yeah, is that what he fuck. said? He Get said that, right? Out of here. I know. Yeah, he it's said like, nobody likes her. And he talks about them being bitter women. It's like, do you hear yourself? Her life miserable. Oh, fuck out of like, here. Like, women dress haircut. like this. I, I, don't, I don't know if... A hundred percent. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's a cult. That's what it Fuck is. Off. There's no men that really enjoy Taylor Swift. They just don't. <laughs> There's no Swift redemption. Concert. She's a bad role model. She's not a good person. She's a bad icon. Let's also like remind her. you, her politics yeah. are cancerous. Her <laughs> politics are poison. <laughs> she doesn't do she, You specifically don't know her politics. She came out like once or twice and has said a few things. Yeah, Stuff that a political true believer yeah, would really do. Something. She got she is... four million girls registered in like 24 hours. Yeah, you see that? She but broke it's, the website. That's the thing. It's so easy She's for her to do that. I said this before. I said, like, we we can talk about the polling all we want. If in October Taylor Swift says, I want all my fans to vote for Biden, it's a landslide. There you have oh, the biggest. Hey, I would good. respect her, but she, so she's not leading people to God. She's leaving them to wokeism, <laughs> complaining on boyfriends, man hating. And she used to be a Christian. Izzy says, I don't think Taylor is a Christian anymore. When are white Christian men going to get a fucking break? She grew up on a Christmas tea farm, tree farm. Yeah, I rest my case. Someone who like turns away from the faith and like pursues money, fame, and approval of the world. Like you do. Good luck in eternity, Taylor. It's literally chasing clicks and clout, right? Absolutely. That's what you're yeah. doing right now. No shit. Good point, Alan. Uh, okay, I'm going to play a very annoying clip. And the only listeners, if you don't like the way this guy sounds, because I don't like the way this guy sounds, but we have a group chat going, and this deals with California. And anytime anything comes up that talks negatively about California, California, Slickets has some sly, snide remark to dismiss it. And he's and in this in this instance, he's like, if that guy wasn't so annoying, I'd be able to take his facts seriously. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean, Ryan? Like, like put it on mute and read it. Like, it's true. Uh, here, taxes in California. Alan, get ready. I'm sure you already know this, but in case you don't, get ready. Hey, do you live in California and make over $60,000? Well, guess what? Your taxes are going up, mother... billion deficit. You know, they're not going after the rich. I mean, they are. I mean, they are. You're getting like a one point, right? Like, dude, you're getting a 1.1% increase for the top tax earners. All right, right, so what he's saying is that the top tax earners will get a 1% increase. Um, There's only one bracket down from that. And that, okay, I don't know. Top tax earners is something above 312,000 a year. If you go down from that bracket... It's to the second tier down, right? Mm-hmm. It goes from okay. three hundred and twelve thousand down to guess what number? Uh, sixty-one thousand. Wait, hold on. So if you make sixty-one thousand dollars in California a year, uh huh, you need to keep earning until you get over three hundred and twelve thousand before you go to the next bracket. Meaning, dude, I mean, I've I've made sixty thousand in California. I felt poor. Right. So that's the same as someone who makes $300,000 in terms of how much of a percentage of your income they feel comfortable taking from you. I'm trying to find a graph here. Oh, I have it. I can send you a link if you want the charts, if you don't believe this guy. Because Slickets was a cunt about it. And I was like, here, if you don't believe his facts, here's fucking first thing I could no, find is Nerd it, Wallet. Right, right. Okay, yeah. so it's 8% okay, so. if you're 54000 to 68000 once you get to 68000 it's 9.3%, and you're correct. That doesn't change until you get to 350000 That is, to, as, a, as an impact in your life, that is huge. Like, between, then it like, goes to 103 
So it goes up 1%, like he says. And then goes up another 1% if you make more than 420000 and another 1% if you make over 700000 And his whole point is people aren't leaving California because they fucking want to. They're doing it because they have right. to. And thank God I did because with this inflation, it would have been even worse if I stayed in California. I mean, I dropped down a, 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 a class or whatever, you know, whatever you mm-hmm. call it, I, out here uh, with the inflation we experienced. I, I could not imagine staying in California. Like, oh. I don't know how you do it, buddy. I live in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's true. But you can see the bay. You can see the bay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question. We'll get out of here for lunch. Okay. Well, he was talking about Catholics earlier and religious people. The other guy was talking mm-hmm. about Catholics earlier, the judge. Um, you don't have to answer this, but if you have an idea, how come you don't see black Catholics? Oh, that's interesting. I've seen a lot of black Jews. Like, I've met, I mean, I remember the first time I thought it was weird. And it was like, whoa, they make this? And you're like, yeah, that happens. I've that never happens. seen a black Catholic, ever. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because black churches are way more fun. <laughs> it's true. They're like, I'm not kneeling. I'm jumping. <laughs> Great answer. Fuck that. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. All right. This is the B-side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. <laughs> in the canyons of your mind I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you again so earlier, the mountains of your um, chest. when my friend Dustin had sent me a question I'm about Dustin. something, yeah, and I, I was, was like, try to find an answer from my buddy Dustin. And at the same time, I was making a... a Do you have another friend named Dustin? No. Oh, okay, go on. <laughs> so as I'm doing this, I was also making a BLT, so I had some bacon going. And I had some toast going. And you know how the sourdough toast, like the bread is too long? Yes. So I cooked one side. And, and you I turn it over. over. Yeah. I turned it over. And I wasn't paying attention at all. And all of a sudden, I smell smoke. And I fucking burnt the shit out of that toast. Was it, it like was on fire? Practically. You made a brewer my, pizza of toast. Remember my friend yes, Brewer yes. would throw a pizza in the my oven and fall asleep? still smells. It has that acrid smell yeah. from the smoke. Oh, it's so, so bad. Acrid. It was like two, three, two, three hours ago. Acrid? I think it's acrid. <laughs> I think it's is it accurate? I don't know. You can't say one, right? So I'm not trusting you on this. <laughs> uh, it's the banality. Ben, never mind. I'm trying to come up with one. You, you already said it right anyways. Um, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Come back from, of from break? Of yeah. um, I saw it earlier. Oh. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you. It's more of an idea for the, more idea for the merch store. Okay. Uh, I heard a great quote from Mike Leach on Friday or Saturday, and I was like, oh, man, I fucking love that. Like, And I was like, man, it'd be cool to just make a shirt that says that. And we can like have their likeness or something in a way that maybe doesn't violate anything. Or we get a cease and desist and we stop. Um, but uh, I, mean, I want to share this quote because I love this quote anyways. Um, but I was wondering what you think about maybe making some shirts with some of our heroes. We'll have it like oh. the legends category, well, like the legends yeah. collection, right? Yeah. So one of the big influences on me was Mike Leach, the 
uh, football coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I just, this is a simple thought, but it's the beauty of Mike Leach and how he talks and how he puts it. So, well, you're, you're going to be dead in a hundred years anyway. So live dangerously. (laughs) I like it. I do too. I want a shirt. that's like all black. With like maybe that text on the back and then the logo, the untaken logo, like uh, the front right. It's harder to do with black because of the zebra. I'd have to get white stripes, I think. We, oh, that, right. It's hard. Yeah, I've had trouble with black shirts. Because of negative space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can figure something out with that, though. I wonder what the logo would look like negative, though. Yeah, uh, I can do it. So I'll work on that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's get into our second half. We'll do, uh, as is tradition, we'll start with the Trump cult. As is tradition. Um... I was I, okay. I did find a clip right before we recorded. I was listening to the Bob Seska show talk about it. So huge news this morning. Uh, it kind of trumps the rest of the Trump segment. Uh, Trump called Jack Smith a uh, what do you call him? Um, deranged, deranged Jack Smith said that he threw a hail mary. Uh, all his typical, you know, um, excuse making for you know what seemed to be good legal decisions. Uh, that bother him, right? Uh, what what happened? Jack Smith asked the Supreme Court to fast track a decision about whether the former president has immunity for all crimes committed. Right. When you put it that simply, like, isn't it like this? This seems like the easiest question, like almost ever to ask, right? Like, all crimes committed, total immunity. I don't think we want that, right? No, there was a judge. I can't remember which one. Was it Chutkin? Um, had a a line in one of her opinions where she said that um, we, we, we don't hold anybody above the law in this country. We don't have kings for that reason. Um, no man is above the law, including presidents. Yeah. Uh, here's Bob. Way, like, can you imagine? Our founders would be turning over in the grave. If oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's Bob and Buzz talking about this. I did not see this coming. And it, just, it whizzed by us at the speed of light. Yeah. The Jack yeah. Smith raced ahead of everyone here. Well, the thing is, Jack Smith knew. I mean, and it's obvious to everybody if you really take a look at it. I mean, anyone who's been observing Donald Trump for any length of time, especially when he's in legal jeopardy, his entire move is to delay, delay, delay. And so he right. was going to he was going to use the Supreme Court in this case to continuously delay over the issue of presidential immunity. Right. Those are the two. You just rang the two bells. Yeah. Uh, the two things Trump wanted, a delay yeah. and immunity, right? Yeah. And so as a consequence of that, Jack Smith just said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. I'm going to take this directly to the Supreme Court. And he says, we'll bypass the appeals courts because Trump's Trump's M.O. is I'll go to the lowest possible court and ask for an appeal because that gives me a delay. And then that will go to the next appeal court, and I'll get the delay then, too. And then I'll get the next appeal court while we wait for it to get to the Supreme Court. Just keep going up the ladder. Right. And by then, it'll be November, and he'll he'll run out the clock, right? That's his plan. He's got touchdowns, and he's got running game that he can count on to work the clock, right? Not touchdowns, Mm -hmm. timeouts. Good grief. Um, (laughs) Timeouts don't help you run the clock out. That's a bad metaphor. Uh, So so it would bypass the appeals courts, which is brilliant. Like, that's to Buzz's uh credit like it i did not see that not see that coming it's it's fine to say <laughs> you did it's it it's fine to say yeah it. i mean essentially he's way. essentially he's ripping off the band-aid he's yeah like, saying like no fuck all those other layers yeah. so he asked the supreme court to 
to uh, to do it, and he asked them to do it quickly, which they've done before. They've sped up shit. Typically, like we've seen other examples recently, where it takes about eleven months for them to even get something that sort of that sort of sped up. Right? He's asking yeah, them to the do shadow it. Shadow dockets where they kind of do that. Exactly. Yes. yes, and they've yes. done this before for presidential related things. I want to say it was seventy nine. I think it was sometime during. Um, Oh, no, it wouldn't have been during Carter. So it would have been during um, Nixon after but it was re- regarding Nixon, but it was um, Ford. Ford's presidency. I think they were trying to get uh, some of the, the Nixon's tapes his Oval Office tapes, mm-hmm. and they had to get the Supreme Court decision on it. And then they did it quickly in the same fashion. Um, just on the subject of whether the president has complete and total immunity. Can I tell you why we know like this is a very easy I will be shocked. I feel I feel very confident. Like I know this is where you get hammered down, but like I I feel so confident on this. You know why we know that presidents don't have immunity for all crimes? Why? Do because so. Nixon asked for and received a pardon from Ford. Right. <laughs> like, why would he why would he, why would he have done that? He could have just yeah. like gotten away with it being the president and not resign. Like Yeah. I mean, that seems to be legal precedent for sure. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I kind of wish he was alive still so that he could be the one saying like, yeah, Trump's an idiot. Like, imagine <laughs> if Nixon was like, look, I'm a criminal. And that guy, wow, makes me look like a saint, you know, um, doing the heel turn. That would have been amazing. Yeah, there's a there's been um, some OLC memo that sort of regards this. I can't remember the language of it, uh, but you might not think an Office of Legal Counsel memo holds that much weight. Well, when Bill Barr was kind the, of does. Yeah, it does. Bill Barr is what that's what Bill Barr cited for all of his times. He came in and protected Trump while he was the attorney general. I um, think the memo basically says that a sitting president can't be tried. But, but once that's been the policy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this opens him up to all the things that you talked about last week, all the civil trials and 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 those things can move fast too. like those civil trials can move really quick to the point where there's a judgment on that prior to the election, maybe before some of these other ones, which civil those trial can move very fast. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Um, is it wrong to interject with the just asking question on this one? Go for it. So if he if they don't go the way I expect it and presidents do have total immunity, couldn't Joe Biden just lock up Donald Trump uh, like without his due process and then pardon himself and everyone that he made complicit in that crime? Wow. And by the absurdity of that question, you should realize why presidents don't have full and total immunity. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's a very absurd question, but I guess theoretically kind of gets to the gets to the meat of that yeah, bone doesn't the meat it? Of it yeah, yeah, yeah okay there's no way the supreme court says that right yeah oh no 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 i'm sure that scalia and thomas will dissent and the other seven will go with it that's i think that's a reasonable way to see that maybe barrett just because she's a fucking idiot uh and she's like 31 a cap uh, yeah uh oh yeah amy coney asks barrett um Oh, so there's a couple of dates to keep in mind. So Trump has until the 20th of December to challenge this or to turn in his like rebuttal to the to this process. And and then once the court has that, then they can weigh the two and make a decision. Right. Yes. And then they won't make a decision until at least when they come back from Christmas and New Year's. So we're looking at January 5th at the earliest to hear an answer to this. But I would expect this. This would be a pretty uh, quick response. We'll probably hear something on or around January 5th. 
I think it should be January 6th, just for the... Uh, just for the optics of it? That would be yes, pretty fun, yes. yes. Um, we've talked about this a lot, but we haven't had a chance to play it because we didn't have a clip show since this took place. And okay. it's kind of fallen out of the media, and I need, I need to be that annoying person that's saying this fucking matters, excuse me. Like, I know we all know that Trump speaks in hyperbole and he doesn't always mean what he says and blah, blah, blah. The man is telling you what he wants to do when he's in office. And to ignore it, like, for us to just be like, that's just how he talks... When he starts doing all this shit, if he gets reelected, we, he warned us here when this happened. Go back to, to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except Look, for? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a that's, drill. That's not. Oh, no. That's not. And then Hannity just like just held his hand and said, oh, that's not. Retribution. That's not, that's not retribution. No, I'm that's just be. closing the border. I got it. He said, I got it. I got it. Yeah. So I asked if you'd be a dictator and you said only on day one. I got it. OK, not so bad. What a not fucking so sycophant and kiss ass. Right. Seriously. We talked about it on the show on uh, on Friday. Thursday, Friday. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just ridiculous the way he reacted to that response. Just like, ah, that just sounds like policies you already had in your previous. How do uh, you uphold your day one dictatorship past day one without continuing to be the dictator you're saying you won't be? And also the question that he asked where he's saying media outlets are saying that you're going to take retribution on your political enemies. They're he reporting Trump that. saying, I am your retribution. <laughs> He has said that. Yes. So, yeah. like, what do you mean media is saying that? He said it. He said it. Yeah, they reported yeah. his words. Yes. Yeah, right. I know. Uh, he had to ask him that twice in that interview, by the way. Both times he said only on day one. Only on day one. No. Um, oh, oh, Bob uh, Bob Seska's theory. I made a note here to mention it. I, I, I you know, I, I like picking on Bob because he's such a lefty. But um, he, I, I, I think he's got a good analogy here. He believes that Republicans, especially the Trump, the Trump cult is playing. They are seeing politics as a game of musical chairs. Just who's going to be in the seat when the music stops and the music stops at this election in 2024. And just that's your, your seat. You get the cake. However, that musical chairs game works and mm-hmm. nobody's ever going to be president again other than your guy, the geriatric man that'll die soon. But they'll figure something out after that. I could see it. I, it'd be fun to watch them actually paint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vatican rag, no less. Oh, yeah. Vatican rag. Um, I'm going to skip this. Charles Barkley reacted to that, but I don't think we need to hear it. Um, yeah, he has a new show. I haven't watched it yet. It's on oh, CNN fine. called King Barkley. I can't remember the woman's name. last name. Is you know, he keeps... <laughs> I love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, no, no. Other than day one. He said it twice. Closing the border. That was different than the other. And we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. That that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policies (laughs) when you were president. I don't care who the president is. You're supposed to take care of the people. It ain't about retribution. It ain't about what people said about you in the last couple years. And that's one of the reasons I'm not a big Trump fan. Mm -hmm. I'm just not. Because like I say... It's the president of the United States. It ain't for no small little group of, of nutty people. It's everybody. I don't care if, you know, because, you know, me and you are independent. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anything against Republicans. I don't have anything against Democrats. His supporters would object to you calling them nutty people, though. Well, I only call them that because they are. Well. Uh, <laughs> they're crazy. They're like your drunk friend. Like, once your friend's drunk, there's nothing you can say to him. Like, 
Can you imagine? Let me ask you this question. You ever seen the movie A Time to Kill? Yes, I have. Yes, and when the guy says, yeah. Yeah. I hope they do. Can you imagine if President Obama was acting like this dude been acting for? They'd be like, this dude cannot be president. Yeah. You, he's not even presidential. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're supposed, like, even George Bush uh, uh, Sr., Jr., excuse me, even though you might, I might not agree with his policy, policy, but he acted like a president. Like, you're supposed to be like, Superior. I know, but you're the leader of the most important place in the world. You're supposed to carry yourself a certain way. You know, he keeps. Now watch this drive. Remember when uh, that was my favorite uh, Bush moment. (laughs) Watch this drive. Um, Here is a Fox presenter. uh, Let's see. What is my note? Uh, Talking about Trump saying things that nobody else would get away with. I don't know. This is on Fox. I guess my point is that this is this was on Fox. The former president has said some things that if any other former president had said them, people would be freaking out about, you know, about what he's going to do. Retribution, going after political opponents, DOJ. The former president oh, has said some quick. things. Sorry. That, that goes with the rest of those clips, though. And to see Fox reporting that, I don't know if it's the lawsuit. I mean, that's that Brett Baer guy. That's the guy that did the interview that really blindsided Trump uh, six months yeah. or so ago. You remember that? We talked mm-hmm. about it a lot here. We did. Yeah. yeah. No, but, I think it is... Good to see that sort of rhetoric coming from Fox, but, you know, there's still a lot of bullshit over there, too, though. Stick, talking about uh, Trump's trials, kind of going back to that, can you describe anything about, I, I, I mean, you see my notes here. Um, that you don't have to read my notes. I don't, I don't even read my notes. Um, but you kind of see where I'm going with some of this. What Can you talk about what's going on with the Georgia Bureau of Investigations? I have a clip from the Lawfare podcast. Should I play it first, or is there some setup needed? Um, so essentially the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is like the FBI, but for the, that state, um, they released a 392 page report about, uh, their investigations into, um, Trump at all, um, meddling with the, or, or saying that the elections were, um, the, 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 co- the voting machines in coffee County, the voting machines, specifically. Yeah, coffee yeah. County. Um, and so there was a lot of paperwork, but there wasn't a lot of substance. paperwork. And, and you have to remember that Fonnie Willis it's just a local DA in, in her jurisdiction. She doesn't have the resources to conduct an investigation of this size throughout the state that the GBI does. Uh-huh. Um, and the criticism I think that you're going to get from this clip is that the GBI seemed pretty uncurious as to how uh, certain events sort of unfurled um, in that they, they got they investigated certain instances but didn't investigate how all these people end up in the room i guess yeah and they and they did like a 13 month investigation and did like 12 interviews Mm -hmm. yeah yeah when there was many more people they could have talked to okay that were relevant let me play the clip Okay. Fonny Willis, as a county level district attorney, has has more limited oh, resources <laughs> than the GBI or federal law enforcement. So your concern, your concern basically is that nobody except the GBI and maybe Jack Smith, the special counsel, though there's no evidence that he's been interested in this subject at all. Nobody really has an interest in investigating the whole conspiracy except the GBI, and they didn't do it. Right. That's exactly what it is. So she kind of walks us up to a conclusion without saying it in that episode. Mm -hmm. Um, She gives a lot of details. So there's like Rudy Giuliani was at the Willard War Room. 
something got cooked up then um then like the next day he's in person talking about voting access like basically they came up with a plan in that war room the next day giuliani's talking in front of the legislature in georgia um and then right after that they start texting the lady in coffee county i think is texting about how they've they've invited people to come look at the machines or or they're saying the people on on uh, Giuliani's team are saying they've been invited to come look at the machines it, it so essentially essentially there was a RNC chairwoman um for that county her name was Kathy uh Latham. Kathy Latham okay she went to uh to DC and was staying in the same hotel where that war room was happening seems pretty obvious that that they met mm-hmm. and that she spoke with them. Um, there was the trial, or not the trial, there was the the case that Giuliani had brought in Georgia to assert that the election was fraudulent, that there was a hearing of, and the lawyer that represented him was Halliburton. Uh-huh. Halliburton um, sent a request to um, the assistant to the secretary of state i want to say not not secretary of state the assistant to the voting office in coffee county okay it was like misty something okay um like a freedom of information kind of thing like open records act um and the response he got was y'all are welcome to come down um you know our doors are open as long as everything is kosher with georgia state law so they considered that to be a text message to be the formal invitation that yeah right right, right. okay which and the GBI really, didn't like look into any of this. This is not covered in not, their 400 pages. No. Okay. No, not at all. And so then you have Kathy Latham, that RNC chair in that county, leading them into um, the voting facilities um, in that uh, in, in Coffee County and allowing them access to these voting machines, where they then uh, took data from these machines, their software, and then distributed that software to other individuals to investigate it, okay. essentially compromising those those voting machines. Right. Yeah. And now they have the voting machine, not just those voting machines, but the software. They can now backwards yes. engineer, and that's how they can that honestly commit voter fraud in the future. Right. Like, and yes. if we're not talking about the Democratic Party here, right? Like just for clarification and who's the one saying there's a bunch of voter fraud okay right, right. um yeah there, it's probably not worth dwelling on but there are some funny individuals in this like a pro a former pro surfer and no a pro surfer and a former treasure hunter are like yeah major. so that guy was called as an expert witness in that in that uh suit where giuliani was involved with um and he claimed that he had hacked these uh voting machines in prior in 2016 i've seen point break a lot of pro surfers are good at stuff like that he also he also said that if he had access to ballots um in georgia that he could 100 percent tell you which ones were fraudulent or not um he did not hack the voting machines in 2016 (laughs) and he could not have identified any fraudulent ballots and again this reporter found this but the gbi wasn't willing to find anything that's okay and last thing i maybe you have some info on do you know, can you elaborate on the story of Mike Lindell, the pillow man, the MyPillow guy? He was flying from D.C. to like Texas, but he happened to have a layover in Coffee County <laughs> the night that Misty Hampton lady resigned. Right. So Misty Hampton was the person who had given the quote unquote invitation. Um, and so, yeah, he just happened to stop his private jet. Oh, because the there is some proprietary cooling technology in Coffee County, so Georgia. When, it's a hub. The, it's a hub for that. When the reporter for Lawfare talked to him and asked him why he was there, he said that he was uh, 
meeting with some, you know, potential entrepreneurs who he might want to um, buy from for his pillow company um, and wouldn't admit to having met anybody. Um, do you know, do you know what kind of technology comes from that part of Georgia? I'm not joking. I don't know. Carpet. Oh. <laughs> you know, like Mohawk rugs. You've seen Mohawk yeah. rugs if you've worked in a home yeah, furnishing company. Yeah, it's all that northeast Georgia. I mean, it's a textile. Georgia. It's yeah. close enough to pillows. You know what? You're right. Maybe there. they have some cooling rug technology you can use on his <laughs> pillows. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry to besmirch the fine. You've seen how mad Mike Lindell gets when you insult his pillows. Remember, oh, yeah. he was being grilled about a bunch of laws he broke, and he was, like, keeping it cool, but then he just started going ballistic when they said uh, they complained about your pillows. <laughs> All right, let's go. Only the finest quality pillows do I No shit, right? All right, well, a little bit of a palate cleanser, but we're not leaving the Trump cult yet. Uh, I think it's a good time uh, because it's day five of it tonight, day six when you're hearing this. Let's have a, uh, as we've learned, he's a a Presbyterian talking about Hanukkah. Oh, I want to wish everyone a very happy Hanukkah. The miracle of Hanukkah began more than 2,000 years ago when a proud band of Jewish patriots courageously stood up and reclaimed their freedom, their faith, and their traditions from an oppressive tyrant. After that great victory, the Jewish heroes prepared to rededicate the Holy Temple, but found only enough oil to light the lamp for one night. Yet by the grace of the Almighty, the flames radiated for eight days and eight nights. Ever since, the menorah has been a symbol of Jewish perseverance in the face of oppression, and of God's hope, mercy, and love in times of hardship. This hon- Every, everything has to be with like freedom fighters and uh, oppressed people with him, right? There, there is no one I would appreciate less explaining a religious holiday, <laughs> holiday to me than Donald Trump. I'm He's Presbyterian. Best. He said it last week. I'm Presbyterian. Yeah, sure I'm Presbyterian. Sure that is middle of the road, folks. <laughs> Um, I played this clip because every few months Home Depot has to come out and explain that, yes, their founder is a huge Trump supporter, but no, he hasn't been affiliated with the company in years. Uh, well, this is said founder on Fox News. You had a chance also to support the present front runner, Donald Trump. He beats Joe Biden in all these polls. So why not Donald Trump? Look, I think his time has come and gone. Uh, unfortunately, the last three months of his presidency certainly did not speak well of him, not in my mind anyway. This is huge, uh, right? You know, I, I, I admired what Al Gore did in 2000 when, they, when David Boyce said there was still the chance of fighting Bush in court. And Gore said, uh, the American people have had enough. We're done. He put the American people ahead of him. What, what Trump put this country through for the last three months of his presidency was disgraceful. I'm sorry. And I, and I think, frankly... That's that to me ruined his chances to succeed himself at some point. So, uh, you know, I think what happened on January 6th, all he had to say was, please go home. You made known your feelings. Now go home. He sat in a room and watched it for three hours, did nothing about it. So America is better than that. And America deserves and America deserves better than that, Neil. Understood. So let's. That doesn't go over well on Fox. The host is like, okay, understood. Got it. Let's change the subject. Moving on. Moving on. That, I mean, I, like, I know it won't move the needle, but in terms of, like, just gauging the people that are the power brokers in this, that's another one that's backing away from him. And it's shocking to me because, like I said, Home Depot used to have to come out and, like, because people would make a big deal, say, we're boycotting Home Depot. Like, every five, six months, there'd be something like that. And they'd be like, he's not affiliated with our company anymore. Stop it. <laughs> I believe that guy was on Ari Melber's show. Today. Oh, really? 
So I will rewatch that. I, I had it on a mute. See if there's any clips to pull for next week. I got this right before the show. Trump learned a new word. He's been able to do, and we're going to bring law and order back. We're going to do something that I will say is slightly controversial, but it shouldn't be. We are going to indemnify policemen and precincts <laughs> and states and cities from being sued. They we want them are. to do their job. Right. Our police and law enforcement has to come back, and they want to come back. And they want to do their job, and we are going to indemnify them so they don't lose their wife, their family, their pension, and their job. We are going to indemnify <laughs> policemen and law enforcement, and we're going to tell them to get out. We love you. Do your job. We love you. You're all very special. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Indemnify. Indemnify. I almost said it earlier because I was listening to it right before the show and it was in my head. And I was like, well, no, that's not the right word. You sound like Trump. I think I said it. Um, I think you did, yeah. Oh, man. Alan, what did you say when Mike Johnson became Speaker of the House? I said he was a real asshole. I think you said a real piece of I'm shit. I said cunt. A piece of shit, yes. There he is. <laughs> so this audio uh, is not playing. Oh, there it is. Okay, good. Um so first the story came out and it was explained that the video was taken by an attendee at a um oh right there was, yeah there was national association of christian leaders right so right. i understand that like that's or christian lawmakers rather i understand that like that's you know you're going to talk to your base in that environment um but 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 I don't think he says it in this clip. I think right before this, he's like, I'll say this to you because there's no reporters here and there's no cameras here. I can just speak candidly. And then he went on to say this. Um, so what he's going to say, he's going to compare himself to Moses and say that we're coming to a Red Sea moment where, you know, God will part the Red Sea for you. Just have faith. Right. And and I think he says he the, at first he thought he was going to be Aaron and sort of prepare the people to get Moses into that position. Mm, right, right. And then he finds out, no, God told him he's he's Moses. Look, I, I, I don't want to step on these toes too much because I respect our religious listeners. When you come out and you say that from the position of leadership of the country where you have a plurality and some people don't share your faith, it comes across like you're listening to voices. It does. Edgelord. <laughs> Come. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Alex Jones tells a story about being in a diner and uh, eating 
chicken fried steak and suddenly getting a message from God that he was supposed to be this guy who was going to lead everybody to the promised land, essentially. Whoa. And he tells it he tells it often, often enough that I remember it. And I don't even listen to that show. I listen to a show about his yeah. show. But he says that same story all the time. He's like, and God just downloaded all this stuff to me. I can't even communicate with that. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a whole thing. And he has it in his back pocket like it's a bit or something. I don't know how people listen to Alex Jones' it's show. Really I tried to yeah. listen to it um, probably like 2015, something like that. Because yeah. I like to listen to things that kind of, you know, like, you know, they're a little crazy. And think about him in 2015. He sure. was, you know, he was still on his Sandy Hook and all that shit. But oh, yeah, yeah. He would... Um, he would just interrupt every 20 minutes to sell prepper food and supplements. Yep. And I was just like, supplements. I can't, like, I want to listen to you fucking talk. I didn't come here to listen to you pitch vitamins. Like, it's part of why we don't like to have ads. You know, I think it's rude. Yeah. It's rude to the listeners. It shows you what your motivation is. It's like, he's always been a huckster to me ever since then. Um, yeah. It's funny when I listen to the show about his show and you realize that he's just trying to fill airtime. Yeah. He picks headlines and just kind of goes off the cuff. Yeah. He's got his um, stack of all... papers. You can hear him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I got something here. I got a meme for this. Hold on. Yeah. Chicken fried steak revelation. Chicken fried steak, and I don't care. Uh, I got a couple of clips of Don Kevin. This is Kevin McCarthy saying this in public. And when you look at the Democrats, they actually look like America. When I look at my party, we look like the most restrictive country club in America. It's pretty... Um, kind of shocking to hear him say that you know about republicans in the context of comparing them to democrats and then i saw this clip which is in a different venue this is him at that book week what's it called new york times deal book deal book i go into the state of the union and in the state of the union one side stands up and the other side stands up and i just become leader i'm excited and president trump's there was, wait wait hold on was trump, was trump at the state of the union while biden was president i don't remember that happening I don't either. Apparently it did. All right. I, yeah, I mean, I it was while either. Kevin was leader, so it was for like a heartbeat, right? Yeah. Okay. And they stand up. They look like America. We stand up. We look like the most restrictive country club in America. And it's a good line. I'd repeat it too, but it's just shocking to think that he should. It's a bit. It's a bit. He's yeah. just. Yeah. It's funny. I think I sent you this one and you're like, yeah. oh, I just heard that. From the other one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, the debates happened last week. Nobody cared. Let's give you a quick little recap of it. This is a quick one. This is this is like a short recap of it. One of you could wind up the leader of the free world. <laughs> Unlikely. You get to express your mind freely, no matter how heinous the opinion. No drama, no vendettas, no whining. This is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem, using identity politics more effectively than Kamala Harris. I actually said his don't Kamala say gay Harris. bill didn't go far enough. The king of the woke industrial complex, puppets of the puppet master, George Soros Jr. You can put lipstick on a Dick Cheney, it is still a fascist neocon. You would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. Bathroom bills. Funny. I signed a bathroom bill in Florida. Boys going to a boys bathroom, girls going to a girls bathroom. Excuse me, Chris, I'm speaking, and I'm not done yet. I haven't you had heard the time when you are <laughs> I say the sky is blue. They'll fact check me. And One say thing that. I love about Chris Christie is that since he knows he's not going to win anything, he right. sees his role up there as to just say what fuck you to Trump and the, you know, the, yeah. the, all the rest of these guys are like, no, I want to be vice president. And he's like, I don't even hope for that. Like I can, I can boldly say, uh, what's her lady, darling Nikki? She should mm -hmm. feel comfortable because she's saying everything but 
and I denounce Trump, but they won't, you know? Right, right. That's wrong. There was a, there was a funny moment, I don't know if it's in this clip, but where um, Christy defends uh, Haley. Oh, yeah, he jumps in and, and like, uh, no, yeah. I might have it as a separate clip. Yeah, it was right there when he was saying, I haven't heard a time where you weren't talking. Right. right. Yeah. They would still support him, even if convicted of federal felonies. Federal felonies, by the way. They all had man dresses on. You didn't know if someone had a, a bomb? Just walk yourself off. They all have dresses on. You don't know if they have a bomb. You know, like <laughs> all the women wearing dresses. Stage, enjoy a nice meal. He didn't even fire Dr. Fauci. I wish I was still 44 years old. Okay? <laughs> 45. So, well, congratulations. <laughs> January 6th now does look like it was an inside job. I would draw inspiration from Ronald Reagan. Thank George Washington. And we can earn, earn, learn a awful lot from Calvin Coolidge. Thomas Jefferson. He invented the swivel chair. Mr. Trump is nearly 50 it's points true. ahead of all of you. And Nikki Haley's campaign launch video sounded like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad. She said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. We need a strategy of denial. You'll all be heading to the polls <laughs> to vote. And that's something that Donald Trump will not be able to do <laughs> because he will be convicted of felonies before then and his right to vote will be taken away. All right. It's a little wish casting there, I think, <laughs> but we'll see. It is. Uh, um, yeah, here's uh, Chris Christie versus Rhymes Like Cake. No, oh, no, you can't oh, rub a banana. It is. rubs you. Uh-huh. So, okay. Good. Hey, listen, the banana that, was just an inane that, metaphor. You think that Africa is in Spain. <laughs> you should go down the subway and take a jump. A lot of awful things down in there. <laughs> with your frustrated little mustache. I'm you, joking. This is uh, bad lip reading. think you're like Santa, uh, and you're a bad one. Wrong. Santa what, wasn't this interesting. Listen. Downturn. Okay, this man is pooping. No. This man is pooping on stage now. I want to hit something. And you can't. You can't. You think so? No, you can't rub a banana. Okay, all right. You can't rub a banana. It rubs you. It rubs you. Yeah, duh. Uh, yeah, so he argued with Vivek. It doesn't matter. I don't even want to play Rubbing bananas, good show title. Uh, yeah, probably. We could use that, um, um, Velvet, uh, Velvet Underground banana cover. They do need to ban TikTok one. Um, let me play this clip of Nikki Haley saying probably the stupidest thing on the stage that night, which says a lot. We really do need to ban TikTok once and for all. And let me tell you why. Why? For every 30 minutes that someone watches TikTok every day, they become 17% more anti-Semitic, more pro-Hamas based on doing that. We now know that 50% of adults... 18 to 25 think that Hamas was warranted in what they did with Israel. That's a problem. We. Uh, fuck how, how exactly? How exactly do you measure that? I don't 17. know. I, I I feel like if I were to actually treat that quote seriously, she's saying if you poll people how much they use TikTok per day, as you go up by 30 minute increments that people say they use it per day, they track themselves. They correlate to 17 percent more anti-Semitic for each. <laughs> time but like that's yeah i don't know how you do that survey exactly. i don't either yeah exactly <laughs> I actually i do i do want to i do want to play this one uh this is vivek uh this is vivek going after nikki so foreign policy experience is not the same as foreign policy wisdom i want everybody at home to note that i was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in ukraine now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden who still support this, what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common 
is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually I don't want to have to listen to Rhymes of Cake anymore. So he keeps talking and she keeps not saying three provinces. First of all, mm-hmm. provinces? It's oblasts, right? Oblasts. Okay. Uh, might as well have said states then. You sound like a fucking Canadian, Vivek. Uh, <laughs> provinces. And, like, isn't this the same thing as, like, oh, you like Metallica? Name three songs. It's definitely like, nice true. Ukraine shirt there, poser. <laughs> uh, can we try? Like, so Luhansk and Donbass. And Zaporizhia. 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 It is? Hey, look at that. We yeah. got three. We need three. Good job. Uh, okay, we're making fun of the right here. I've got a couple of doozy clips. So this oh, is... I haven't had doozy for a minute. This is the younger doozy. The House Oversight Committee has been at this for years, and they have so far not been able to provide any concrete evidence that Joe Biden personally profited from his son Hunter's overseas business, but they are going to try again with this impeachment inquiry that's set to start next week, still. <laughs> <laughs> Fox News, man. Then Ducey, he's the guy that's always arguing yeah. with Karen Jean-Pierre. Imagine that. And this is that? this is his dad. Who, no, that's earlier in the show, Alan. This is, uh, I don't remember which Ducey's the older one. This is Father Papa Ducey. Peter or Steve? I, mean, I know. Steve's I'll go with Papa. Papa okay. Deuce. Uh, Papa Ducey saying this. Steve, don't you think those districts where they have 18, the Republicans mm-hmm. are in those 18 states that voted for Joe Biden, they're scared to vote for an impeachment because they're scared they'll lose votes and they right. won't have a job. But don't you think if they do this inquiry, which we all right. are supportive of, sure. and if they find enough evidence, don't you think the voters are smart enough in those districts to say, you know yeah. what, we did vote for Biden, but this looks really bad? And, and absolutely, if they have the stuff. I mean, the, the stuff, Republicans right. at this point don't have, they've got got a lot of ledgers and spreadsheets, but they have not connected the dots. They've connected the dots, the Department of Justice did, on Hunter, but they have not shown where Joe Biden, uh, you know, did anything illegally. Now, here's, here's how they Steve, voted. And, and until they do, it is a... I, I just wish we had more empathy, right? Like, mm-hmm. this isn't... Like, a lot of people hated the younger Trumps because they were seen as uh, pawns for their father, right? Okay. Yeah, and I don't think anybody would mistake Hunter Biden as doing his dad's bidding. If anything, he not would listen all. to what his dad fucking wants him to do, which is straight right. up and fly right. It's a tragedy. It's a family tragedy. It makes me sad. I think of my aunt Nita when I think about uh, Hunter Biden, and um, and then I think about him not paying his taxes, and I'm like, I like this guy a lot more. <laughs> no, that was going on too. It's kind of a stud. Uh, plus, he's got a huge hog. Just fucking. <laughs> laying pipe you know what's not to admire anyway i got lost somewhere in that uh that ramble smoking crack you know banging hookers yep yeah. uh like a fun time kind of in the same vein uh, we got i think i don't think this potato is going anywhere hey he oh this George santos here i'm so proud of you for coming out as a furry and i just wanted to tell you that you're Friends and family all accept you, and yeah. they're all excited about your fursona, which fursona. is uh, awesome to be a beavapus, a be- fursona, beaver, and a platterpus. So platter-pus. let me tell you, uh, they all love you, beavapus. Don't you ever get your head down and don't. Wait, wait, wait. We had a clip from him earlier saying two genders. Ever, ever. 
let anybody tell you what you can and can't be. I'm so proud that the corporate folks at Arby's gave you the go ahead to go to work in your persona. So if you could just, you know, live it up and be as perfect as you want, perfect. just keep doing you and yif, yif, yif. I don't know Bye. what that means. Does yif mean something? I have no idea. So that was obviously scripted, right? Like Arby's is too right. much of a punchline, right? Like somebody set him up there like, and he's like, whatever, you paid the $200. Guy's yeah. made, I think he said at the end of this week, he'll make like 175 grand in the week that he's been on Cameo. Wow. Yeah, but you better tap that well while you can. Nobody's going to fucking yeah, care about you in six long. months, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let's make a week or two. Uh, oh, I think Zach sent that in. I want to give credit when I remember to. Um, this is the New York Times talking about neocons. Oh, this is New York Times. Not we're making fun of the left now. New York Times again thinking that their listeners are R-worded of a neoconservative Reaganite foreign policy. Look at what Putin did today. He killed Pergozin. They're talking about Nikki Haley being a bit of a neocon. This guy is a murderer, and you are choosing a murderer over a pro-American country. She's made this a defining issue for her in the campaign, and this is an issue that a lot of people who dislike Trump really, really care about. I just wanted to find a word that you have been using a little bit here, which is neoconservative. And yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, what you mean here is a foreign policy approach that harkens back to an older pre-Trump Republican tradition of being interventionist, seeing America's rule as robust, elbows out, who needs us, where do they need us. It's the opposite of Trump's more isolationist America they had first to approach. explain what a neocon was because they thought that the <laughs> subscribers to The New York Times weren't smart enough to understand. You may not know what a neocon is. <laughs> also, robust, funny. elbows out, you know, a neocon, robust, elbows out. <laughs> <laughs> fuck are you talking about like how does that translate to anything like like show me the venn diagram of people that don't that are curious about the news don't understand what a neoconservative is and think ah robust elbows out now all my questions are answered the fuck out of here like god <laughs> damn it <laughs> you know what i've noticed about uh when sabrina does the show yeah. she does this rhetorical thing where she just uh, repeats uh, the last thing that the person she's interviewing said says it over again and then sort of adds a question mark. Questions like this. But like, how do people yeah. die? Well, yes, exactly. Not quite the same thing, but yeah. <laughs> oh, she does. Yeah. I'll look for that and I'll start clipping it. Um, yeah. I got Joe. This is Joe Biden. It's all my note says. Okay. Over a billion, 300 million, trillion, 300 million dollars. What? Over a billion, 300 million, trillion, 300 million dollars. I don't think a third time is going to make more sense. <laughs> I don't know what he meant. Over a billion, trillion, three hundred million dollars. Trillion, trillion, a trillion. Kid talking about fucking money. That's how much I want to make when I grow up. Um, there's RFK unable to deal with the orientation of his speech, I think is what I could understand from it. This is a live mic. I need my speech. You can't read it. You can't read anything. Yeah. It's it's upside down. It's upside down. It's upside down. Wow. Yeah, couldn't wing it. It's upside down. I don't blame yeah. him for not being able to read it upside down. I don't know. I'd try. That would suck to be giving a speech in your 
speeches upside down though. I, I mean, it happens. There's great stories. Sympathy. Like I think uh, wasn't the story it was like the State of the Union. The teleprompter was wrong for Clinton, and he just did it off memory. Just went through it. I'm almost I certain it was a State of the that. Union yeah. speech. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sounds sounds right. Uh, here's, uh, here's Joe Biden. Uh, this is a twofer. This is, um, he says everything about his son is a pack of lies. That's my, uh, not Peter Gabriel. Um, hmm. Oh, uh, Genesis. Uh, yeah, Phil Collins impression. Phil Collins. Yeah. President Biden on Ukraine and also China. Uh, there is polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70% of Americans, including 40% of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans? I love his face. Like as they're setting it up, he, they haven't yet got to your child, your son's business interests. So it's like unethically inappropriately. And he's just kind of like perplexed, like <laughs> what the like, fuck did I what? do? And they're like, Oh my son. Yeah, I know. My son's a piece of shit. What the fuck's wrong with you? Why? Like the whole time he's like, I'm not perfect, but what are you talking about? Oh, my what are you son. you Mad Libs at me. Yeah, for? yeah. Uh, to Americans, admit this impeachment inquiry. Why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not. And it's just a bunch of lies. Oh, it's a bunch of lies. With uh, their lies. business associates? And then he walks I off. I did not. There's what? lies. Now he's on his way out the door, and there's a bunch of people asking questions, but then they ask him who, if they think he can beat Trump or if anybody else could beat Trump. Do you think there is any what Democrat who could beat Donald Trump other than you? Probably 50 of them. You Brad. do believe that there are? I'm not the only one to read it, but I will defeat him. Who else do you think could defeat Donald Trump as the president? Yeah, the door closes. That was just at parting shot, like literally as the, as he's going out the door, he's like, oh, grabs the door and opens it and turns back around and goes, probably 50 of them. And then he kind of realizes this sort of smiles, says. Right. Just keep walking. Yeah. I keep doing this. These are supposed to be making fun of the left. That was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> it I'm was. telling you, the checks from the DNC keep coming in, you know. <laughs> also, like, RFK on the left? Okay. Yeah, where, where would you put him? Oh. <laughs> the loony bin? <laughs> All right. Uh, well played, Alan. Well played. Um, guess what time it is. Oh, what time is it? Uh, I don't know. Do this time. There's the button. <laughs> it's another battle in the culture wars. Oh, not the culture wars. They're worried about a culture war. Culture wars. Stop with the culture wars. <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, I put a note down here. It was about the, oh, you know what? I was going to talk about the whole, uh, genocide college college campus debate thing. Uh, well, let's see if these notes were worth sharing. Uh, these people shouldn't have their job if they can't complete the thought that they're saying. I think that's along the lines that we had said earlier, right? (laughs) Like they said about half of it and then didn't complete it. And it's like, okay, if you're going to trust the media to fill in your spot, I don't think that's going to go well for you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, oh, oh! you know what? I did have a hot take. Human rights are uh, overrated. They're a good idea, but in terms of, like, once you start defining human rights uh, you, and you just start lumping it in with things like harassment in general, you really struggle to have the the gravitas that those things that you're defending need. And you get down into these, like, piddly arguments, and then you come across as someone with a smirk smile on your face. Uh, while you're unable to say yes, calling for genocide is bad. <laughs> Not saying human rights are overrated. But, okay, okay. Yeah. I think I follow that logic. Yeah. All, right. Um, all right. Well, I got that out. Um, atheism, state religion, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. This guy is the superintendent of public schools in Oklahoma. 
today we see Prague Public Schools backing down to a radical atheist group. You know, we're going to continue to fight for religious liberty and religious freedom here in the state of Oklahoma. What we've seen as a group that's funded by George Soros, that is atheist, that is from out of state, has come in and targeted children that are initiating prayer in Prague Public Schools. You know, just as bad, we have Prague Public Schools bowing down to these bullies and telling their students that they're not going to allow them to initiate prayer anymore. It's outrageous. We have to take a stand for our students' freedom of religion, their freedom to express their religious beliefs, no matter what those religious beliefs may be. So what we've got to do is we've got to tell groups like the Freedom From Religion group, like the ACLU, we will never back down to your bullying antics. We will not allow atheism to be the state-sponsored religion <laughs> of our school system. Not here in Oklahoma. You guys need to leave our kids alone. We will not stand for it, and we will continue to fight for religious liberty here in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, it's such a radical viewpoint that we shouldn't have prayer in schools. That, that we shouldn't have allowing... forced prayer in schools. That right. people that don't share your religion shouldn't have to partake in right. And, and so he wants to force cool. that to be right, like right, okay. And he's saying that they're bullying them. Yeah, it's just oh, weaponizing man. language of the left yeah. to use it. Freedom of them. religion doesn't apply to education. Like, doesn't mean that you can force people to comply with your religious beliefs. That's not what freedom of religion means. I'm just glad that you said that. And I was like, I don't want to have to say this. Thank you, Alan. Uh, oh, the Charlie Cook, uh, Charlie Kirk, uh, Swifty one is. Oh. Uh, I think I already played this. Might be we a different that, one. Yeah. Uh, and then what's this? Uh, California to release prisoners on parole. Okay, let's let's argue about this. Let's see if we fight okay. about this. This guy, he's kind of a cunt. California is now going to let the most heinous murderers out of prison early, even if they were sentenced to life without parole. A new bill pushed by radical Democrat lawmakers will allow up to 500 heinous murderers out of prison early. Do you notice he's saying Trump language, right? Like nobody said heinous before Trump in that way, right? Right. Okay. Starting January 1st, 2024, when you brutally murder another person and take their life away, you lose your right to freedom. The punishment is... I didn't stop it. Oh. In the name. And people wonder why California is becoming more and more dangerous every single day. I'll keep you updated on this. All right. All right. All right. Um, so prisons are overcrowded and we have the highest population of prisoners, not just per capita, but yes, also per capita uh, of the world's prison. Like we we either have to admit that we have overcrowded prisons and do something about that or we have to continue to basically have what appears to be human rights violations based on percentage of population that have had their rights taken away and put in prison. Right. I'm not saying like the way he said that, sorry, I don't really trust him that they're the most heinous, but perhaps they are. Um, you know, if, so they were given life without parole and now they're getting parole basically. Right. So if this is the bill, I think he's talking about, cause I'm not, he doesn't specify the, the bill. Um, I think he's talking about a uh, bill in 94, which is to, allow for people who have been in custody for 25 years or if the crime happened before June of 1990 to be considered for release. A lot of this population is actually women who are involved in uh, domestic violence issues, um, which women can't commit domestic violence. No, that's not what you're saying. <laughs> many women are serving a life without parole sentences whose crimes occurred within the context of domestic violence 
And oftentimes in the 80s, 70s, those circumstances weren't allowed in court. So they weren't allowed to defend themselves in that context. I really don't understand. Like they defended, they did um, like a a Jennifer Lopez movie where they killed their boyfriend and it wasn't considered self-defense. Right. Can I talk to you really, really quietly somewhere? Yeah. I know someone who, someone in their family might have done something like that, but it was in like the Wild West in another country on the other side of the world. I think I'm being vague enough. Oh, wow. Nobody died. Okay. But it's like, what a badass story that could only happen there about 40 years ago. (laughs) Right, right, right. I mean, so those circumstances weren't considered back then. And so if that's the bill he's talking about, fuck him. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. 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 Why why share that context, right? That's not going to get people mad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's a perfect Culture Wars clip. Uh, I I think this will be our final sound for the day, Alan. Okay. We made it through a show. Let me check the phone. Wow, really unbelievable. Could have done this from my room. Didn't have to do this here. Could have been in my office. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I got a final sound for you. This is a T-Bone sent it in. I kind of called this Ukraine in an alternate universe. This okay. might have been what put that thought in my head. This is just a friendlier reminder that when making big decisions, it's important to look into the future, maybe a year, two years, three years down the road, and think of the ramifications of your actions. For example, had Trump won in 2020, we'd almost be done with him by now. There's no way things would be any worse than they are. There's a lot of assumptions there. There's more. There's a lot of assumptions there. Namely, he wasn't going to leave when he lost then. Why would you think that he wouldn't leave? He's going to leave now. Yeah. Yeah. The Democrats would have forced Biden to hang up his skin suit and retire to Epstein (laughs) Island after losing. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) And we might be looking at an election with two candidates who grew up with color TVs. (laughs) But instead, we're getting ready to fire up that outrage machine. Your mom is grabbing that dusty pussy hat out of her closet. What? While your brother's in the basement. pussy hats, you know, the... The dusty one? Well, I don't know why. It's not a dusty pussy. The hat is dusty. (laughs) Other sons in the basement doing something. Sharpening his Q shaman horns by tiki torchlight. <laughs> all with a sad, naive hope that somebody other than your family actually cares about you. It's <laughs> just a. Uh, I think. I think that that is very funny. Yes, I like the color TV and the. <laughs> oh yeah, those are some good lines in there. Yeah. Let me click on this. I'm gonna give that guy a follow. Yeah, who is that? Guy? Uh, Handy. No, Handrin CV. Yeah, just like that. Just like that, okay. Handrin Seavey. H-A-N-D-R-E-N-S-E-A-V-E-Y. Handrin If he hasn't done stand-up, he should try. Very confident. he could pull it good, off. Good, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, I got a really easy one to go out on. We got a question okay. for you. Okay. Who's your favorite black golfer? Tiger Woods. Oh, wow, that was a quick answer. I have a quick answer. Okay. O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Yeah. You did get me. <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> that was fun. Stand back. I love you too. Oh, you. thank you. I feel better now. All right. Drive safe. <laughs> All right. Cheers. When a guy's banging you, y'all let me in his damn house. Oh, how about that? Come in the name of peace. L M F A O. What in the world is this? Is Kevin McCarthy a moron? And if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady. Cat turd. I will not suffer this harlot. <laughs> How great an anti-American Marxist. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. China is asshole. God bless 
the United States. <laughs> Now this is podcasting.